when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. What's good, Internet? It's Friday, March 13th. Wait a second. It's it's Friday the 13th? Oh, shit. Why didn't anyone tell me? I yeah. don't like that. I don't like that this week. It's not. Okay. I have not, not seen a single tweet about that. How is that possible? Everyone mm. is at home That's tweeting. how fucking bad it is. That's dude. how bad this fucking week is. Wait, but it's Thursday now. We don't know what's coming tomorrow. Shit. Tomorrow is Friday. I don't like this. No, this it's... is a bad discovery to make live. Uh, I'm Austin Walker. You can hear the voices of Kata, Rob, and Patrick as we record our first, not ever, but our first in a long, our first and last, (laughs) Jesus Christ, uh, a podcast. We're we're back at the home. We're back at home bases. I mean, I guess, Rob and Patrick, this is just your everyday. Yeah, welcome. The water is warm. Please come in. (laughs) Welcome to work from home. Um, But Kata and I are not in the booth. We're not in the studio. Uh, The irony, the (laughs) irony. We're just going to have a lot of horn noises going forward. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Kato is coughing, which yeah, makes you me know nervous. What? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, it's a good thing we're not on the other end of the I realized just now that I left the window open. Ah, uh, that was you. And that sound you hear was the uh, presumably rage-fueled uh, school bus driver oh. that shows up at midday to rotate the kindergarten classes. Mm. And every day, and I mean literally every day, uh, they park below my building Good. and just go ape shit on that horn. <laughs> like, it is, it like... Yep, I hear it. Yeah, this is this is a chill day. Uh, there are days where basically it sounds like if it wasn't children, the driver would be out of their car and like pulling a tire iron from, from, the, from like the tool rack. I had last night during the amazing moments of Sarah Palin singing on the masked oh, singer going into uh, a, a Donald Trump uh, address filled with mistakes. Someone outside's car alarm went off like five times consecutively. So it was just like the most 28 days later bullshit. I'm just like, well, here we are. All right, let's go. Nightmare future. Um, I guess we should say straight up, I guess, Kato, you put something in the feed. Yeah. But we uh, missed the Monday podcast because of of COVID-19, the, the novel coronavirus, a novel coronavirus, uh, and Vice shutting down the offices. Uh, an email that went out at like 10, 10 a.m. I think that email should have gone out <laughs> earlier, maybe yeah. before I was almost at the office. Um, uh, but we're back and we're going to be recording from home for the foreseeable future. Um, uh, everyone here is is okay, just so y'all know. Uh, I'm very grateful that I have a job that I can do from the desk in my bedroom. Um, uh, I, I Again, Patrick and Rob, y'all been doing this work from home shit for a minute. Uh, do you have any tips? Do you have any like 
shake give me give me some advice like how am i supposed to how am i supposed to lose the only anchor i had in my life which was going to that office twice a week and still <laughs> remain like a human being well this so one of the things that makes this situation a little trickier than usual though is some of the things i would usually recommend are no longer really responsible options right right like one of the things that i would like to do is hey i'm going to go out and get a coffee at the shop down the street yep. or something that's probably not going to be the play uh for the foreseeable future but i do think that the like for me the the big enemy is uh mental health in some ways or uh the things that i will project or imagine in lieu of being present in person with people uh so i think that the weirdest thing about working from home for me is that I constantly have this sense of being of being both guilty but also laboring under suspicion that I am not really working. Mm. And that makes it very easy. And that becomes self-fulfilling because yeah. then it becomes very easy to be like, damn, I do not feel like I got enough done today. I better work longer. I better stay later. Yeah. Yeah. And you're not going to be getting more done. You're just going to be like, you know, keeping the uh, – the status light green in Slack, <laughs> uh-huh. and that's that's pointless. Uh, and so the thing is, and and now as someone whose job is partly to monitor uh, things like how is a team doing, what are people up to, um, nobody looks at it that way, right? That is entirely a narrative that like I will create in my head, right? But nobody is sitting there being like, "Damn, I haven't heard from Austin in like twenty five minutes," right? <laughs> fuck is Austin doing? What the fuck is Austin up to? <clears throat> uh, I, that said, there was that there was that period when we were working from home more often because we were trying to do streams and stuff. And it is it is easier to fall into bad habits in terms of not checking in because you're just like about your your house. So you're just walking around. You're like, oh, I'll just go make lunch and then I'll just like set up my computer in there and then like just won't worry about being on Slack, you know. Um, and and th- that has definitely hit me. Patrick, do you have any? Working from home tips. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, I think the the, the one I you know because we uh I shared some of these in an email when we were like as a as a team like motherboard and vice games waypoint we're trying to you know figure out how, what people should do of their home and uh one of the things that uh I do um is uh so I have an Apple Watch and you can turn off like it's annoying. What's up, man? You want to stand? Like, you ever thought about standing before in your life? <laughs> you lazy piece of shit. Um, and I take that to just be, yeah, actually, I don't actually, at working from home, just getting up and doing things is not something you do as often because you just aren't interrupted in the way that you get interrupted at an office. And so whenever I get that notification, m- more often than not, or at least at least say half the times in a workday, it's like, okay, I'm going to go put away the dishes. I'm going to go do some laundry. I'm just just go do something. Like yeah. something like gets me up, call someone, take care of some texts. Like, oh, I was supposed to change the air filter, you know, in, in you know, uh in the house. Like I'm going to go do that now. Like just something that is like get up, think about what's something that I could do that's not work because when you work from home, you don't get those micro interruptions uh-huh. or conversations in the same way that you do in an office. And so that becomes just like a regular reminder like there's probably something else you could do and it's probably time to take a 5-minute break. So, I'll get up do that. Um, and, and that's one of those things. Um, uh, you know, my dog having a dog helps. Um, the sure. clear, does it though? Re- well, I have, <laughs> I have a cat basically, so it's great. She just sits on a couch 
all day and doesn't do anything. She <laughs> but she scratches at the door when it's between 11 and 12 because it's time to be fed. And she goes on walks three times a day, you know, for, for about 20 minutes. And um, so if you have a dog, that gets you out of the house on purpose because they need to do their business. But even if you just, like, set alarms for yourself during the day, like, hey, like, go on a walk. Um, I think if you're working from home newly, you're not used to habits. And so, uh, you know, like, setting reminders or alarms for yourself that's like, Go do anything else. Don't like just don't work right now for five minutes is maybe a useful way to start training yourself to think um, that there are things to do other than, you know, working. Yeah. So uh, hold on, though, Patrick, can you share with them the thing you sent me yesterday? Um, your bouquet of timer reminders. Well, I Ooh, have. Uh, I want to see this. Uh, I have a bad memory. Um, always have. It's always been a, a weakness of mine. And so remembering things like once a month change the, like the, you know, the, the, the air filter is just like not something I'm going to, like, I'll remember it three weeks after when I'm just like sitting around and going, right, I'm supposed to change that monthly. It's been two months. And so knowing that it's my response, like as this person who stays home, most of the time it's I do a lot of the house upkeep um, so my wife doesn't have to. And so I have like this just I use the reminders app on uh, my phone like judiciously. So I sent like Rob like a screenshot when we were talking about something else. It's like, yeah, it's like clear and washer filter, change my razor, cancel Apple TV. Like, how am I going to remember to cancel Apple TV plus in a year? Like, I why would I do that? <laughs> yeah. Shutter. Yeah, cancel uh, October twenty eighth. Your day is coming. Incredible. Judgment well, will be passed because on <laughs> no because on Halloween last year they had a fifty percent off sale, which means my subscription goes to October thirty first, twenty twenty. And you know what? I'm absolutely not going to remember is to cancel that thing before yeah. October thirty first, twenty twenty. And so I'm someone that it drives me up a wall to like pay for things or not do things because I forget them. And so I just have like a huge list of like twenty five active reminders of like various things that happen during the month or even the course of a year. Like the moment I sign up for like uh, a two week subscription because I don't want to pirate something and it's on stars. Yeah. So it's like, fine, I'll just sign up for stars. <laughs> for but the reason weeks. they make that one button away is because 90% of people are not going to cancel it. And I refuse to be in that 90. I, I want to be, you know, I want to be in the 1%, the 1% of yeah. people who will remember to cancel that stars. Subscription. <laughs> so I have this, like, Believe me, I cannot be shamed here, Rob. I have a bad memory, and I just have all these He's things that it. just remind me. No. I just owned it. I, I admire it. Like, look, I've I seen think, your notebook. We all we all have our methodology, <laughs> but for me, like, I look at that and I'm like, that's terrifying. That is so much. That is I don't so look at many it though. Nudges. I don't look at it. No, not- but I, yes, I know. But also, I don't want my phone. Like, I uh, see. This is the weird thing. Uh, for me, like opening the notebook and seeing all the items, all the tasks, I'm like, ah, I'm in control of life. And my phone ringing or like sending me a push notification at that point, it's like, Oh my God, I am a slave to this thing. Uh, I, <laughs> you're, like, a, you're I, a slave like, to the air filter one way or another. And so I'd rather no, forget, would, like if I had to let's look live, at like, let's live in a world where we just don't give a shit about what's going on with that air filter. Oh That's me. God. No, Oh, no. I got an air conditioner in this room. It's in a box. Don't worry about it. Yeah. With the, yeah. Take That's a drink. The Austin Walker model. There we go. Uh, Austin, it's starting to get warm. Yeah, yeah, this is it. I, we're in the window. We're in the window where <laughs> this is the it's moment. It's fully spring out here. It's 50s and yeah, 60s I, in I think the this Midwest. Is it. So. I think I have to get this in in March or April or I'm fucked. If we hit May, <laughs> it's not going to happen again. 
Dear dear listener. Dear listener. N- narr- narrator, he did not. I did. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. uh, dear listener, who uh, may or be, may or not be kind of handy and live in or near It's not Queens. handiness. It's, it's I have uh, to rearrange my entire room. I'm standing. Yeah, right- these things are so fucking heavy, dude. Like those, oh, those I things a are I have like- a roommate. We're two big dudes. My roommate's name is Thor. It's fine. His name is Thor, <laughs> but it's spelled Thor. So wow. we're good. Don't worry about it. Uh, shout outs to my roommate, Thor. Uh <laughs> Um, the, uh, I had another thing about working from home, but I've lost it and that's okay. We can move on. I think we've we done this bit else. long enough. I hope everyone out there is staying safe. I hope, I hope people out there, uh, are not directly or indirectly uh, affected. I mean, everyone is indirectly affected at this point. Yeah, I don't you know. know I, I mean? can't go to, this I don't is... think I'm going to a wedding later this month. I was supposed yeah. to go to in, in, in Georgia with uh, my mom. So, um. Be, be honest. Were you looking forward to this wedding or is this yeah, kind of a. Uh, <laughs> hmm. Be does honest. Any, does, does anyone in my family listen to this podcast? Probably not. Um, hmm. um, in the hierarchy of like. Risk. I I was very excited to go to where it was, which is in Savannah, Georgia. Um, uh, it's a, a beautiful, beautiful area. I wasn't excited to go to the wedding, but I was excited <laughs> to go to where it was. Yeah, it seems like a yeah, cool place. Yeah. Uh, it's a very hot place, which is would, would have been the point um, mm. in uh, the middle of March. But I don't know. I get the point that I probably shouldn't bring my mother and then leaving my wife behind. I like it just does. I don't know that. I, I think the wedding might get like, you know the problem is and this leads into right. you know we we listened to our E three just conversation. Yep. I was talking about this with my mom. Was like, well, look, you know, my cousin is probably facing down the barrel of. Who can you even buy? Can you even buy crisis insurance for a wedding? Like I don't know. I don't. It's been long hmm. enough that I don't remember how that works. But like regardless, in my head it was crisis with a Y. Hmm. What? Mm-hmm. what? Why would what would that be? What would that be, Rob? Rob, what would crisis <laughs> insurance be? I don't know. Maybe Crytek should have gotten some. Honestly, protecting <laughs> your rig. <laughs> Crytek, uh, that's done, right? Everything is that. Those things still exist. Do they, they still exist? Burst, they were saved by the this this um oh, by selling to another now. black hole of game yeah. development. No, 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 no. They when they sold um their engine to to oh, Amazon and that turned right. into lumber or whatever it, it was called. Lumber. Yeah, like where Amazon, the company who will they can't make anything, but don't worry, they're very excited about their colonialist MMO. Oh like the God. one thing, the one thing <laughs> they're gonna get out the door. <laughs> the new I guess they got that bad racing game out, didn't they? They made yeah, that. Yeah, they did. Um, the the Grand Tour, Top Gear, Grand Tour, yeah, or something uh-huh. like that. Oh, but uh, Crytek did also just real quick correct myself. Cry, Cry, Crytek did make Hunt Showdown, which yeah, is really good, like and that. I've been playing that a little bit, and it's still really good. Anyway, uh, so uh, you know the question, like probably facing my cousin, like lots of other people that have like weddings in the next like ninety days, is well, if you ch- if you elect to cancel it, you probably even if there is like insurance or contingencies, like you probably can't collect on that. You need the government to come in and say, hey, uh, gatherings over a hundred people. Nah, like you just can't do it. At that point, it's not an act of God. It's 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 the government saying, you know, like there's that's just the way a lot of these like policies work. Um, it's been fascinating to watch like the Hollywood start to grapple with this as they delay uh. Bond. I'm you know what Tom Hanks that hurt me in my heart, but then in my heart of hearts, delaying a Quiet Place too. Really, that's finally I am feeling the effects <laughs> of the coronavirus. Oh my so, because it's like okay, so let's say the wedding keeps going. Is that do you then? But none of your elderly family, which makes up like huge chunks, can go like can't. It's yeah. just weird, which is leads into the whole E three question of you know we saw GDC cancel at basically the last second because they got caught in like the beginning stages of people being like, do we need to not do, like you know Pax East went on like yeah. Pax it East sure if did. it was if if it was 
I don't I don't blame them for going forward at that point it didn't it, you know it was I think it was reasonable to think that you could have gotten through it, it was in that early stages of of cancellation um GDC got caught in the firestorm of it and yeah. then where like cities were just declaring uh states of emergency San Francisco did so I think the week before GDC canceled i don't know if that like played into and it, it would have but... just to be clear it would have fucking been bad right gec was supposed to be march 15th through march 19th That's oh my god can just, you imagine yeah. that now it'd be yeah. a ghost town yeah no there'd be no 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 presentations no no events um so that all happens and then the first thing i heard out of people once gdc was canceled was was oh well e3's got to be next but it, the wave of all of this has been when i asked people at pax east like oh it'll never get canceled um, and then you had people pull out. And then when we moved to GDC, it was, oh, that'll never get canceled. And then GDC got canceled. And then after GDC, it was like, oh, is E3 going to cancel? It's like, oh, well, E3 is not going to get canceled. But I mean, E3 is in bad shape. And already. Boy, wouldn't the coronavirus be a convenient, if yes. still correct, if two things can be true, <laughs> that that E3 needed to be canceled for health-related reasons. It is the uh, socially right thing to do to not, not bring to be together in that way right now. Could it also be the case... That Ether is in financial shambles, was only moving forward because it takes up 50% of the ESA's annual revenue. Isn't it weird uh-huh. that the it is the only major convention that is also run by the content providers that um, create video games in the industry and also organize their event that also is run by an organization that lobbies on behalf of that industry? That's fucking weird. Don't you think it, it's... Maybe they might be reluctant to give up 50% of their annual revenue. Yeah. And maybe that creates, um, I don't know, conflicts of interest for uh, <laughs> for, for the industry. So anyway, E3's canceled. Well, E3 is canceled. Yeah, I mean, that show was in rough shape. Like when, when uh, what is it? I am a bit had just dropped out. On it. Yeah. 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 That wasn't, they didn't say like, do, you know. Because I am eight bit is so concerned about COVID nineteen, uh, we're not going to produce the show. They seem Instead, concerned the message is very reasons. much like good fucking luck, buddy. Yeah, I was. <laughs> wish, we wish, wish you luck. luck. <laughs> yep. Wow. Did they? Did they though? I'm not sure they did. Mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I feel like they they don't wish us luck. No. Uh, yeah. Well, Keely you know, also, right? Keely had up. already also dropped out. No yeah. more Coliseum. Yep. Uh, that was very much uh, like good luck with this. Uh, so God, we we will see we will see uh, if if other events later in the year because like Gamescom is what August and that hasn't been canceled. Have yet. you go look up photos? I of know Gamescom. I can't like, even think about if it. If right you now. think PAX is is a lot of people, yeah. E three is not a lot of people. E three was is last year the definition of not a lot of people. <laughs> there were there were larger gatherings for the various places that serve beer, like a relatively recent phenomenon <laughs> to E three as a whole, yeah. than there were for a number. Of of booths at E3, um, Gamescom well, is like four hundred thousand people. It's, it's so, so many, many people. people. Where like, but what does this mean for like games are still being made, but a major part of like for large releases is the entire marketing campaign, and that is a big component of that is in person events, trade shows, etc. I am curious how people are going to handle this. You got a game wrapping at a certain point, but at this point, none of your major marketing events are going to exist and by the way nobody's going to attend your private event either um at right. least for the foreseeable future like so you're gonna uh, have to go what do one-on-one meetings with like press which is a logistical nightmare right. like you do the, un- you do the, unlikely you do, to happen do you do the thing of like we're gonna just rent out a hotel room and bring press in one at a time and wipe everything down between visits like i, I don't bet know. a lot of people i bet a lot of people choose not to do to show you know what I mean? yeah um yeah. well i mean like right now 
like Sony is on a domestic, well, just a, a, a you know, a flight lockdown. Like yeah. their employees are not allowed, which is not unusual. That is, that is, I mean, Sony has been, you know, uh, uh, ag- early and aggressive in their response. They were the ones that pulled out of PAX East. And to Rob's point, that was supposed to be the kickoff to, uh, uh, you know, the, the marketing campaign for The Last of Us, the, the, the Last of Us, uh, severely crunching Last of Us Part Two. Going to do a, a report on Jason, by Jason Schreier. I can yeah. talk with this one up this morning. So go read that. It seems bad. Um, <laughs> and so it's like, what? Yeah, what? What do you do? And this, I've heard this from folks within various companies, including Sony. Of like, how do we tell people about our game? And like, the Hollywood's answer has been to, we just punt. We yeah, just say. Yeah. We moved Bond from March to November. They took a fifty million dollar loss. Their four point one, I think four point one million dollar Super Bowl ad, poof, like all for fucking not. And they just because I think I thought saw, I believe this is the number on Bond was they're losing fifty to not lose three hundred right, uh, right million. And so right. at what point, you know. You know, a game like Animal Crossing, I think, is resistant to any of this, right? Like, if anything, yeah. I think, this is going to be a month. Boom time. There's maybe a market. There's maybe they've missed a marketing opportunity <laughs> to set this game live early to be. Hey, you know, why is Tom Nook all of a sudden like offering collateralized loans? <laughs> They're going to say hand sanitizer, but yeah, uh, yeah, uh-huh. like yeah. God, the fucking loans. I don't. March 2020 is definitely going to be. Like, I think that there is something. I think that there is something um, really. Uh, kind of gauche about about the thing I'm about to say, but I suspect in the discourse, this month of games is going to take on a sort of secondary status as being like, oh, does everyone remember that that month when Animal Crossing and Doom and Half-Life Alex and Neo 2 and Ori and the Will of the Wisps and Grand Blue Fantasy Versus all hit, and then we were all sick and we all had to stay inside and it was quarantined. And well, I like and Resident Evil three and Final Fantasy seven are both first week of are they you know, both week and April? a half of April. Jeez, yeah. So I think that there will be. I, I suspect that there will be an almost mythical quality in the discourse, whether it's earned or not, and whether or not that's that's appropriate or not is <laughs> secondary is the, the to new, what I'm describing. Uh, I think I suspect will happen regardless. Right. Was holiday holiday 1996 90, or 98? Which is yeah, the one? One of those, right? Where, where MGS and Ocarina of Time both came out in the same yeah same yeah, season. Yeah, totally. Half Life I think was the same year uh, as well. Yeah. Wow. So. So I I think we're gonna I think that that's definitely gonna happen. Um, yeah, we'll see about other events. Uh, obviously, you know, again, in terms of our shit, we're just gonna keep doing what we tend to do uh, already. We thankfully do. And not- we're gonna have lots of good takes that will hold up in years to come. Oh, definitely. And uh, mm-hmm. we'll be proud of years later that we answered the moment. Yeah, uh, we found the correct words, the right position, um, <laughs> and there's nothing to be embarrassed about uh, ever. <laughs> Rob, what do you Rob? We what do you do? Right. What do you do when you are a content provider in which everyone's talking about coronavirus, but coronavirus stories don't particularly do good traffic. Yeah. But you can't put your other takes out there because no one's talking about anything else. It's a real pickle, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> well, Patrick, my solution there will be to just have my normal takes, do my normal criticism, but make everything about me and coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And I think it like... <laughs> In, again, in years to come, people will be like, "Damn, like Rob really captured, yeah, <laughs> the moment. <laughs> Rob really captured yeah. in this review of uh, your Doom Eternal review is really? gonna uh, is gonna yeah. really capture the, the zeitgeist." <laughs> yeah, exactly. We very much like um, as I rip and tear, just like I go th- through the toilet paper. Mm. That's not it. I don't know. I don't know. Just I don't like know Corona ripped and teared and, uh, through the country. 
<laughs> right. Uh, thank, wow. you, thank you, Kato. Wow. Thank you, Kato. Someone get this boy a column. <laughs> this is the New York Times hiring? What's going on over there these days? God. Uh, I didn't hear any race science. <laughs> how uh, we got to be close to maybe this is gonna be our transition to politics, but how suit like winner? Where's the the Barry Weiss Brett Stevens take? Like I feel like there's been an like a void. We haven't gotten a lot of that right right now, and so I feel like we're we are ripe for some. Why are you putting this out shit. into the world? Just leave yeah, don't him put alone. this energy out there. Don't oh, put this energy yeah. out there. <laughs> Some, <laughs> somewhere Brett Stevens's fingers started tingling. Yeah. David Brooks is just happy we've achieved equality because now we're all scared of the Italian oh deli. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. Oh, my God. Finally. Um, I guess the, the biggest uh, thing that I think this group of people maybe wants to say something about, too, is the NBA stuff, right? Because like, we kind of – we kind of – uh, plotted a course from small events to medium-sized events to large-sized events being canceled. But, like, the NBA season is now canceled. And also, and also, you can almost find the ground zero. You can almost find the patient zero. Maybe you can. I mean, okay, there was reporting out there that were basically... Names, yeah, there were names dropped, weren't there? Well, the specific thing is that there had been... Uh, there had been a divide among owners about what to do generally and like whether or not they wanted to cancel a few games or play with empty stadiums or whatever. Um, uh, and, and there was, I mean, my, my favorite thing about this was the, the, uh, the, uh, Woj, Woj, was Wojo? What, how do I pronounce this fucking, what's the, how do people talk about Woj bomb? Just, I know so they say, say Woj, Woj bomb, but I don't know Wojowski? if a, it must be then. Well, it's, I thought it was Wojnowski. There's an R in there, though. Anyway, but everyone Woj. calls everyone says just say Woj because that's yeah, what that's fine. Several teams were willing to put the game on put games on hiatus, but the rest wanted to move towards eliminating fans from arenas to continue playing games. Sources tell ESPN one team wanted to keep status quo until a government slash public mandate dictated change. The New York Knicks, <laughs> fucking James Dolan, Dolan just wants to euthanize his fans. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Um, uh, but yes, uh, I do think it's super interesting. That the NBA is is done for indefinitely, uh, and also done after uh, Rudy Gobert drubbed uh, every microphone in front of him oh in a clip God. that is the most infuriating thing. Touch it, just mm, ah, it's so bad, it's so bad. Uh, and now he has now he has COVID nineteen. So, well, and with that, the, like, oh God. No, and, and the the nature of this was that like once it's in a locker room, yes. at that point, like they've been playing games, like like at what? How sure can you be that this isn't now working its way through the yep. league? Yep. Um, and so like once it was in a locker room, that basically foreclosed the option of playing the games to empty arenas because now like what you can't have jazz players in contact with. Other team, they cannot be out on a court, right? right. You when they've been on you can't guard a that's jet. the thing. Maybe this would work out well for the Jazz. <laughs> we don't know how long it's it's been cycling through the league. Right? Exactly. I mean, there's the very Orwellian um, bit before we realized what was actually going on, where people over the uh, the the announcers, like in the the stadium for the Jazz uh, Thunder game, I think it was, uh, were like, "You're safe. Everything is fine." But you need to leave. Everyone needs to leave the stadium. You're safe. It's fine. <laughs> you, but you need to leave. And it was just oh, like that. Oh, nothing about that yes. makes me feel like this is. <laughs> I mean, sure. Like the, the the it's not like a virus. It's like like a little enemy in a video game, like cycling its way through the through the crowd necessarily. But nothing about that statement 
like makes me feel like cool time to get in my get in my car and go home and just oops the basketball game is over i'm definitely going to leave in a calm orderly fashion now <laughs> uh yeah i mean i mean like i think one of the really scary and also infuriating parts of seeing this entire thing unfold is that for a while it's been clear that this thing was not being effectively contained right mm-hmm. and everyone was, has been sort of left in this limbo state of should we be doing this should we be hosting this should i go out to this thing should this be open should we still be going into the office and Everyone is kind of figuring it out for themselves, but that pretty much guarantees that it can't be contained, right? Like the time to start instituting pretty drastic measures to shut things down and stop this thing's rapid spread uh, was probably a week ago. Um, And it's just frustrating that for the sake of conducting business as usual and avoiding the kind of disruptions uh, to the economy and to a variety of business models, right? Like this is going to be brutal on hospitality workers, uh, especially. Yep. And my, you know, my heart goes out to them because it is it is yeah. scary, and these are the most vulnerable workers, uh, you know, in in the economy. But in so uh, many ways, just to just to like zoom in on that for a second, like the the folks who are working service jobs, the folks who are still working retail, the folks. Who are working uh, in places where uh, shipping will continue to happen, or like bringing in freight. People who are on like the front lines of all these things, and also obviously nurses and and healthcare workers uh, who who are like very very much so uh, uh, putting themselves at risk to help people. Um, uh, though though maybe less doctors. And for the thing I'm about to say is that is that a lot of those people are making very little money. Um, a lot of those people are make are not necessarily on really good healthcare plans. <laughs> a lot of those people are already in a lot of debt. And uh, there, there are also people who are in situations where, let's say that the government decides to, you know, give some sort of payout to companies to allow for a couple of weeks off or something like that. A lot of those those workers who are like contract workers, people who are working in the gig economy, they might not get that same extension that a white collar office worker gets, right? Or that that same that same uh, offer of help. Um, that like if I, we're in a situation right now where the people on this call, there's a world in which let's say Vice said, hey, mandatory time off for three weeks to all full time employees. Cotto and I would not get that. Right. My suspicion is our managers would figure out a way to make keep money in our pockets and keep our rent paid. Um, But this is that's like a very clear illustration of the way that this works is that like the same benefits don't always spend like mortgage payments. They did uh, briefly and and other bills. But I don't know. I don't know if you're a renter in Italy, what that looks like. Right. Right. Um, I just don't know. Yeah. the neoliberal model is that homeowners are people. Uh, <laughs> everyone else, good luck. Yeah, uh, everyone else can aspire. But, yeah, uh, I, I think that. But the other dynamic of this too that makes it so destructive is, in addition to having a lot of these workers be really vulnerable uh, from the standpoint of lack of protections and benefits, but also needing the business to be ongoing. Right. right? Like if you're a tip worker, you need to be you need customers coming through the <laughs> yeah. door. Uh, if you're a commissions, uh, you know, salesperson, you need you need traffic. Um, but I think the the other part of this is, you know. I don't know what the situation is at Vice, but I do know a lot of companies I've worked at, cleaning staff, the people who yeah. will be sanitizing your office, the people who will be cleaning it uh, you know, after everyone goes home and before people arrive in the morning, are not employees of the company. They are, con- they are workers for a subcontractor who has a cleaning contract for the building. 
And in addition to, again, these folks probably not having benefits or great coverage, if any, um, which is going to create like that is also going to create a hazard where these are folks who can't take a day off, even if they should. They can't take a day off. You know, is it a cold or is it coronavirus? If you're making rent requires you coming in and like getting that shift, you're going to hope it's a cold. And that is, again, going to further make this thing spread really difficult to manage. Yeah. No, it's it's a lot. Um, I yeah, I feel like there's a degree to which um, the hardest thing for the, the most important thing for me to personally realize is the ways in which I could be a vector for this stuff, even if I feel fine, even if I'm taking my own precautions, like removing myself from what we were just I was just trying to explain this to a friend who like didn't quite understand what made what made COVID-19 such a different thing than the regular flu and the, the analogy that I ended up using and maybe this is helpful for people listening who don't quite get it either or who need to, <laughs> to explain it to somebody else is that like regular flu season already sucks and it's like it's like having a bunch of of car crashes on the side of you know on the side of the road on on a highway um it's like yeah it sucks it slows things down a little bit people get hurt a hundred percent already um you're at risk already you know of, of a regular flu knocking you out and or, or hurting you or hurting a family member that's already the case um but when those are when in regular flu season because so many people are already immune uh, immunized because there's already so many uh safety safety mechanisms in place and because there's not such a heavy a heavy uh impact on the healthcare system uh, it's it doesn't like stop you for your from going on your trip, right? You'll you're, maybe you'll be a little bit late, maybe there's some rubbernecking, but you're not. There's not a a real complete stop. The risk of this virus specifically is the weight it puts all at once. It's more like a. a 50 car pileup, which is both more dangerous because in the moment it could catch more people, but also it just grinds everything to a halt in a way. And, and you can't get to the people in the center of the exactly wreckage. like yes. it, like at that point, clearing the debris is such a task that people who could have been saved right. are lost just because at this point the scale of this thing there just aren't enough respirators. There just managed. aren't enough. Yeah. You know, there isn't enough. Uh, 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 you know, very basic. Uh, stuff that that we rely on because the supply lines have been have been uh, broken in different ways, uh, which isn't meant to send anyone into a panic. But it is. I, I do want to encourage people who are especially in our age bracket who maybe like are taking it very lightly in terms of their own safety to to think about the ways in which your own safety is secondary to the harm you could cause as a vector in the system. Um, I think we do our best to be very conscious and very socially aware and very leftist. And like leftism at its root is understanding that the world is is uh, I mean it's not at its root that its world is it, the world is a system or a network, but it, yeah. it it is an important part of that. It's understanding that we that we are people who exist inside of systems and and contribute to the way that they move. And this is a way in which you can this illustrates that in maybe the most like depressing way possible. Uh, all of the global supply chain has suddenly come into view. All of those little things that are invisible in daily life that we think of as natural have suddenly and, and you see this when you see right wing people suddenly decide that they want a little bit of so can I can I have little a bit of uh, socialized medicine as a treat? Yes, that they're good with. But but the the entire like corruption of that industry of the healthcare industry suddenly becomes apparent. Suddenly all of the the shipping uh, 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 relationships that we have come into focus when you talk about them. Well, and even like 
this is like like this does tie so closely into the politics of this moment, right? And the things we've sort of been discussing, particularly around the Democratic primary for yeah. ages. Like these things, discussions around like the social safety net, uh, trade policy. These things do tie into real world consequences. And I think one of the things about the post Cold War era certainly is that there was it, it was a period of a it was a long period of stability for a great many wealthy countries and it like and there was a great deal of luck in terms of the sort of crises that that sprang up but a lot of what we were fed over the last like 20 or 30 years was this notion of like uh, okay, well, Ricardian efficiency means you don't need to have domestic manufacturing. Mm-hmm. You can just uh, you can you can offshore that. Uh, we'll we'll offshore it to you know one geographic region in the world, and uh, you know we'll we'll pay the energy cost of shipping the goods from that region of the world. Uh, you know, China and Southeast Asia, and uh, you know the, the, as the manufacturing base continues to move around in, in search of cheaper and cheaper labor uh you know even saying that it's all located in china is probably going a, a bit too far that's sort of behind the times but this is this is how you end up in a crisis like this without a clear path of of getting out of it right uh one of the things that we're like that seems to be happening here is a lack of ability to test and track where covid-19 yep. is uh and we don't we are not set up to just emergency produce uh a bunch of covid kits uh that is not something that 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 is that does not appear to be something the united states can do on a dime uh at this point and so these things are being <laughs> doled out like gold mm-hmm. um which is not going to really contain it and the lack of an effective social safety net means that a lot of people who might otherwise have not been vectors for disease were forced to choose like what risk am I willing to run and what risk am I going to unintentionally run for other people? Um, this is like this is the cost for a lot of that stuff all hitting up. And it's why these issues are so important. And I think, you know, in the last in the last 30 years, there was the sense that leftists, uh, you know, leftists are just so so heated. They want the free stuff. They just want the, you know, they just want what things is, to be what a did little Hillary, easier. Hillary Clinton describe Medicare for All as uh, asking Papa for a pony for your birthday? Oh God, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I mean, like we've we've heard variations on that rhetoric, and I think this is this is the flip side, and this is one of the situations where I told you so is not what people want to hear. But I do think part of like politicizing crises is pointing out they become crises because of political choices and uh, you know problems deferred. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, do we want to do we want to take a break and then talk about video games? Do we want to do a longer politics thing? Do we want to save that for the post chat? Let's wait. Let's wait for after the debate because I think we'll have a better sense of. They better not cancel like, that fucking debate. Dude, if they fucking can't. Uh, I'm, already, I'm already pissed that we didn't get the, a debate between Super Tuesday and what every news site I went to decided was called Super Tuesday, Tuesday 2, 2, which I think is, is showing your hand to. Oh, you didn't see that? Yeah. All over, plastered all over. Uh-huh. All the, yeah, uh-huh. Super Tuesday 2 was last week. I don't know if you caught that. I hate our media uh-huh. economy. It's, it's fucking hate bad, it. my guy. Um, <laughs> it sucks out here. Uh, but yeah, let's 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 wait until the debate. I'm, I just want to say briefly, I'm happy we're having a debate. Um, I think I think all of us here are we're we're 
anticipating uh, bad results uh, in this past Super Tuesday. Fuck, I just did it. I meant to say Tuesday. I meant to say Tuesday, and I said Super Tuesday this past <laughs> Super. You know what? From here on out. In, in the world of COVID-19, every Tuesday is a Super Tuesday. We just got to just bring it in. We're going into Super Tuesday 3 coming up. I don't know if there's any primaries. <laughs> but Super two Tuesday. Yeah, uh-huh. this is where we eventually get to the Tuesday. <laughs> we just say to Tuesday over and over again, and eventually well, it becomes yeah, the due day. Uh-huh. My vote my vote won't matter in the Illinois primary on the 17th, but that's the Tuesday. But that's like, the I'm, Tuesday. Still, I'm still going out there. I'm still right. voting Bernie. Do your and, like, that's uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, do... <laughs> It might still matter. It might still matter. We'll fucking see, right? In Illinois? <laughs> mm. Wait, isn't, Illinois mean, is not winner take all, right? It, yeah, it matters everywhere. Gonna, it matters I, everywhere, I, Patrick. Don't I say was, shit like this. I was yeah. here four years ago. I'm just, okay, yeah, sure. I know what yeah, you mean. I, yeah. well, okay, I'm still voting. Four years. I'm not saying change your vote. I'm just, I, I'm still going to vote Bernie. I yes, just, yes. I, you know, I did, no, I, I, I did I that last time, too, and I remember the numbers. It's deeply. I'm being, like, on even keel. Yeah. I am fairly on an even keel, but I will say the difference between now and four years ago is like the shit is hitting the fan in a way that it was not four years ago. And I think probably there's a little more pressure on Biden to actually show like he's up for this mm-hmm. than there's been on a candidate in a while. Sure. Um, so like, it, yeah, the 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 window of opportunity seems like narrowed to a pinhole um, for sure. On the other hand, these are unusual times. And uh, I think it's I'm, I'm curious to see how this how this all plays out, because um, there's there's a lot that I certainly want to see and hear from Biden at this point. Yeah, uh, definitely. I'm very excited for an actual debate at this point, <clears throat> whether or not that debate results in more votes or in concessions from the center of the party. Uh, I think that both of those are are goals that we should be fighting for now and in general <clears throat> for those of us who are like i think right now you can put the the kind of bernie supporters into into a couple of different camps always obviously no one's a monolith but uh the the kind of big ones that have emerged are people who are like well we're done uh, like doom kind of doomsayers and people who are saying no we can still win and i think it, there's probably a more a more uh uh useful or pragmatic uh position to have is like well what do we do next regardless because a lot of that stuff is going to be uh, necessary no matter what when it comes to supporting certain down ballot races, when it comes to building local organizations and su- and support among uh, leftists in your community, when it comes to like joining actual organizations that already exist on the ground or choosing an issue that matters to you, like prison like prison abolition uh, or or something else that matters to you very personally. Uh, and getting involved in that way, that stuff is going to happen. We needed that anyway, right? So to some degree, there is a phase two switch here. And what we hope for is is a great debate and you know a, a change in the way these numbers look. Uh, but if we don't get that, I think the second thing is like, well, how do we start holding the center of the party accountable if they have the exact if they have Joe Biden as the as the candidate and in the world in which he wins? And regardless of if he wins or if, if Trump wins or or if Bernie somehow spins this thing around and takes it to the White House. We still need to be involved. And so that second step is where our head should be at at this point. So that was the one thing I wanted to say this week before we get to the debates. Uh, let's take a break. Big Big Ten canceled. Wow, really? Yeah, wow, okay. Yeah, just, it, what, what, like, yeah, really, you're going to do it yeah. with empty, like, like you're going to, like, it just, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, it's the right thing to do. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back to talk about video games. Thank you. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. All right, we're back, and we're here to talk about video games finally. If you were here, you were like, I want to hear my friends... <laughs> Talk about something comfortable. I'm here, like coronavirus everywhere. I'm here for games. For games. Forget that. I'm here for games. I'm here to play video games. Game <laughs> the We Don't there. Got Those Games. Chad Warden. All right, sorry. I thought about Chad Warden for a second. And don't go look up Chad Warden. Chad Warden was probably extremely homophobic and bad. Uh, but I had to I had to remember him as a as a a blip in the history of video game fandom. Uh, today we're talking about video games. Uh, there's a bunch of them out. There's a bunch of them out right now. Right? We kind of talked about this in the first half that we're like we're going into we're going into the world of video games. Next week I think we're going to talk about some Animal Crossing. I think the biggest thing this week in terms of new releases is probably Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Yeah, that's the yeah that's the the uh, the the start to this like really intense season. After like not much in January or February, don't 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 talk down to Grand Blue Fantasy verses like that. I'll talk. <laughs> don't talk down I'll, to Murder I'll do by I'll Numbers. Do, okay. Murder by Numbers right. is great. Those games can still be good. I'm just saying, like Pokemon the, the, Mystery like, Dungeon. Uh, yeah. uh, I don't know. The reviews on that uh, seem pretty mediocre. They seem kind of rough. They seem kind of rough. I'll be honest. They do. I haven't gotten to it. Uh, talk to me about. So I have five hours in. How how far in have you? How much of this? Probably have you about the same. I think the uh, well. Hmm. The world has just opened. For Ori, me. Ori, uh, one of the more interesting review processes I've gone through, uh, in that I didn't review it because, uh, you know, sometimes code for video games comes extremely late. That's not um, surprising. I will say, like the industry as a whole has like gotten better about, like, hey, trying to give people you know at least a full week to play even long long games. But um, this one came in like. Thursday late no like Friday morning late Thursday um and then originally the messaging was like hey so different versions of this game are in rougher shape than others play the game on Xbox uh 1x if you have it which I don't because I put off buying one of those thinking I'll just wait till next gen it's like I'll play it on PC cool PC version is not going to be available for like I don't we're not sure maybe in the weekend maybe after and I was like oh that's a problem that's a problem Ended up being available uh, uh, like a Friday at some point, um, Friday afternoon. And then over the weekend, it, they were like, well, so, all right, now actually if you can play the Steam version, like the PC version seems to have like the more advanced, like the newest version of the game. And actually if you're playing on Xbox Series X, like if you can't, like it was just like a really weird amount of messaging. It sounded like the game was coming in extremely hot. Um, it is still being patched. I ran into an issue um uh this week or a couple days ago it's the last i done where like there's a moment there's a sad moment i mean already the last game and the new yeah. game are both full of sad moments um but it's a moment where like the game switches control 
to a different version of Ori where you cannot use your abilities. Like, he's straight up moping. It's a moping animation. Mm-hmm. I'm sad. I'm sad. A sad, <laughs> a sad story event occurred here. Um, that didn't land for me at all, by the way, but we'll talk about that. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, we, yeah, we can definitely talk about that. Um, but um, I, I, when I went back to there, so in, in Ori and the Will of the Whips, there are these things called, um, which for people that aren't aware, it's a Metroid-style game you know it's one it's one of those um but like if you it's, played it's, hollow knight a few years ago yeah especially yeah yeah dude. will the wisp will the wisp has some serious we played hollow knight vibes um <laughs> that fucking map maker is the same dude is it oh, no wow. but it basically is it's oh, the same oh, archetype oh, oh, oh i thought you meant like a designer no no like, no 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 why would no. they work i meant the yeah, NPC. Well, let's get there because we should unpack the okay. hollow knight stuff separately but uh. um so th- there are these things these combat shrines uh where it, uh, you know, you go through to fighting like four waves of enemies and then you get uh, the ability to equip a new ability simultaneously. So like you start out with you can equip three at once and then if you do a combat shrine, you can do four. I was heading up to five and um, yeah. I did that. I like warped over, did that combat shrine and then like wanted to leave. But this little section of the level, if you went back to it and I needed to jump over this gap when oh I would jump God. over the gap mid gap. Ori would turn sad and sink like a rock because he lost all of his abilities and was like uh, incapable <laughs> of like, it, and if you like tried to trick it where it's like, all right, a double jump and then dash. Like I could literally, yeah. you could literally see, you could walk up to the edge and you see what his head would just go. Uh, and, <laughs> and at that point you couldn't do any of your ability. You couldn't jump, you couldn't dash, you couldn't do anything. And God. so I would, I would jump and then dash across and I could land on the other side which was a pit of spikes, but I couldn't jump out of the pit of spikes. I ended up making my way out by like climbing another wall and kind mm-hmm. of squeezing my way out. But anyway, it's like all to say there's like been big performance issues. There are some glitches. There are, uh, it's, pro- it's a kind of game that I would maybe warn people to like give a week or two. Yeah. I think it'll all get sorted out. It's not, it's not terrible, but it's the kind of thing where eh, you'd probably be best off waiting a little bit. But when it does sort its shit out, or if you play the game and you don't run into these issues, I I am I am head over heels for it. I think it is. Uh, I recently played through, or in the blind forest, and had real serious. I like played through it on Switch when I had a flu, and I had like serious issues with a lot of small decisions the game makes. Like for example, um, in or in the blind forest, you make your own checkpoint. Um, right. So like as you're running around, you hold down like the A button, and you can just you use a little bit of your magic, your MP, and you can create a checkpoint, which sounds really cool. Um, until you like go th- 10 minutes without doing a checkpoint and then you die and then you go back those 10 minutes and go, Oh, that sucks. Um, this game gets rid of that. It just auto saves constantly, constantly, frequently. Like it, you, you just don't have to worry about that anymore. You're not spending magic. And that was also the thing was that you get into situations where you don't have any more magic points and you just can't create a checkpoint. And so you're like w- wandering around trying Oof. to get more. Ma- it's, it was a. It was a good idea that like uh, scaled poorly as the game got more difficult, um, right. especially. Um, and this game doesn't have that. The combat is was also something that I didn't think scaled well in Ori and the Blind Forest, where it, enemies just became bullets, you know, sort of like attack sponges. The way attacks worked in Ori and the Blind Forest primarily was you like these kind of like wispy arrows like shot out around. It was like almost having like a, like an option in a in a side scrolling shooter, like a. 
like Gradius or whatever. You get like an auto fire, like yeah. you get a bit that follows you around, you know? Um, and you, just, you had some other options. That was your primary means of attack. And it was just annoying. Like you would die constantly to higher level enemies in a way that just wasn't enjoyable. And I, the combat here gets rid of that in which you have like much more direct action. You have a sword. You have you got a uh, fucking lightsaber. A, it's a just... lightsaber. You have a, you have a bow and arrow. Um, you you have a hammer like, if you get that you, upgrade. I haven't gotten that yet. I've heard it's we really tell you, but the thing about cool. that that hammer is it doesn't cost any energy to use. So oh, that's great. Um, that's oh, because it's right just away. what? Yeah, there it's are there are yeah. uh, there are suites of abilities in the new one that are out of your magic pool, and then there are suites of abilities that are just uh, stuff that Ori can do, like a double jump or a triple jump that doesn't come out of the magic pool. And like I didn't realize the hammer came uh, yeah. out of that one. But yeah, that's there's a really the cool. second upgrade for the hammer is extremely powerful. It's like a downward. Oh, have you fought those bugs that jump? And they do like the crystal AOE around them. It does like mm-hmm. the like the you just get that. It's oh, it's just super great. easy to clear out all ground enemies with it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm 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 really loving the game. I think it addresses a lot of fundamental concerns I had about uh, Ori uh, and and the Blind Forest. And it's it's somehow even more beautiful than the last game was. Like it's like really I don't even know how to describe. I mean, it's like it it frequently looks like a painting, but I feel like that understates how beautiful the game frequently looks. It has serious shadow of the Colossus vibes. There are like just straight up frequent run-ins with sort of like Kaiju-esque creatures um, that are littered about the world and are kind of like the guardians of various areas. And uh, because the combat is better, I think like it, I can't understate like how annoying that made like the back half of the first game mm. on, upon re- revisiting where like the painterly look, wasn't doing as much heavy you know what i mean like the charm aspect had worn off because i'd seen it all before and so i was it it laid bare a lot more of the underlying mechanics and the parts of that that didn't work as well and i think the like the core competency of this one is just exponentially better um and more enjoyable than than the 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 first game was i definitely so this is a horizon zero dawn for me this is a nine delayed a full year to april 2021. What is? Fast 9. Wow. Wow. Damn. A full year. They are not confident that that thing would do any numbers in the fall or winter. It's a huge, well, it's a huge international movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Damn. Anyway, sorry. This is a Horizon Zero Dawn or a... Family Gatherings. Or a... (laughs) (laughs) Damn. Um... This is a Horizon Zero Dawn or a... What was that game? What was that Platinum game that reviewed really well except for me? Uh, uh, that no, I was like, we're all going to forget Slave nope. animals. Astral Chain. Slave Astral animals. Astral Chain. Slave animals. Yeah. Uh-huh. Demons, um, please. This is, this is a game where... So, I guess background is... Uh, I I played very little of Ori uh, 1. I bounced off of it very quickly. Um, I, I didn't play it for years after it came out. Maybe if I played it right when it came out, I would have really liked it. But I played it when I got an Xbox One, which was only a few years ago. And so, it was like on Game Pass. And I was like, oh, yeah, let me grab that. Let me try that. And I was like, eh, I'm good. I... I played other stuff that I like a little bit more than this. I think I thought it looked really beautiful. Um, this has been I've, I've put more time into this than I did into the first Ori. I put five hours into this. I'm past the. I'm like I guess I would say it's like it's an act break um, without talking about specifics. But I think it's past like the big sad a big sad moment uh, mm-hmm. a few hours into the game. Um, and you kind of it's the first time the map really opens up and it goes ah, the will of the wisps <laughs> like. That's it's not a late title card, but it's like here is what the wisps are. Here is here is what here you'll are, be doing. Here are three areas yes. that you 
theoretically can do in any order. You've rebuilt the Lord vessel. Now the world opens (laughs) up and you can go to the various areas. Um, I, I think everything Patrick said is probably true. And that like, if you like this type of game, this feels like one that's easy to recommend for all the reasons Patrick just said. I'm having this like second level problem with it, which is to say it isn't like, Oh, the the jumping feels bad or something. Yeah, I think at the point at which I'm at in this game, I have so many mobility tools and basically never touching the ground, and that feels pretty okay. Um, but and I'm, you, get, I'm and you get them very early. Like one of the things that's different yeah. between this and the second one is that it scatters out the mobility stuff. You're uh, using over the enemies of the whole game. and using enemy attacks to boost yourself around. You got a grappling hook at this point. You're doing dodge rolls. I have. A, I bought that triple jump. You should buy that triple jump if you haven't yet, Patrick. It's very good. Um, like you, you get a lot of mobility, and I think that stuff is really good. I'm having. I, I, I'm really thinking a big part of it for me is that Hollow Knight set a certain standard, or not a certain standard. Hollow Knight gave me a flavor that I wanted from the style of game that isn't just flavor. That is also substance. Um, you talked about like the really quick checkpointing, and there are times when I really appreciate that. Because it encourages exploration and experimentation. So, like, for the most of the first few hours of the game, the world is covered in these, like, dark pink, like, pools of poison, basically. Poison water. And time and time again, I was like, oh, can I, like, just force it? Can I just, like, swim really quick through the poison and get to the other side? Uh, And the answer is no. I couldn't do that ever. (laughs) Maybe that's possible, but I fucking couldn't do it. And because there was no hard – because it checkpointed right before I jumped into the water, the poison water – then I didn't lose anything. So I get the value of having that automatic checkpointing happening constantly. But it's also made me just feel completely disinterested in basically everything. Every encounter I'm in, every fight that I'm in, every uh, puzzle, every like uh, platforming puzzle, because there's no stakes, because I don't lose anything from dying in this game at all. And I just, and, and on top of that, I found it pretty easy. Um, and I think that the other half of this is, I think it feels mushy and syrupy, not in the sense of, not in the sense of like, it's, um, my inputs aren't coming through, but in the fact that like, I have a five hit combo chain in this game. I would so much rather have one or two or three hits that mean a lot more. And I don't just mean that in, like, I should equip the hammer that does that. I mean that in terms of when I, when I see an enemy opening, I can just mash through it and just deliver as much damage as I want to. And yeah, they'll hit me back, but I'm never in danger of dying because I have so much health and because I can quickly heal myself. It feels very, uh, it, it feels like it's, it's very, um, forgiving in a way that I respect, but that I don't necessarily enjoy. Um, I got through, there's a big moment early on that kind of send you to a dungeon, right? That's like a, not a literal dungeon. They send you to a, to a big water wheel that you have to kind of, uh, you know, explore and figure stuff out. And there's this huge moment at the end that's supposed to be this big dramatic, like, a sequence and it didn't like I for real felt nothing and that made me realize what a flat time I was having because it was it was handled expertly in terms of technical technical prowess like I looked at the screen like wow a lot of things are happening here here are some jumps I have to make just completely fell flat for me and I think that this is a difference in taste this is not a like I I think most I, I would argue like um the, the game, like its lack of stakes, is intentional. It's Absolutely, a hundred percent. It is. It is. It is a game in which uh, the mobility is the point. And if basically, like, if you aren't the type of person who looks at a new mobility and goes, "God damn, I, I love it." Go no, back I, I do like that stuff. That does I like that stuff. I went back. I searched through everything. I'm like a hundred percent at all of the available things. Like I'm doing the stuff, and it's it's like it's like eating paste. It's filling. 
but I'm not. There's no flavor to it for me. Oh um, man, we, I, could, I could not. Dude, could not I know. Could not I know. Dis- well, this yeah, is why, this is why the, I'm framing the, this. This is why I'm framing yeah. this as idiosyncratic Austin, who has different taste than a lot of people. But I, but I'm speaking to the people out there who maybe have a similar taste to me, which is like Hollow Knight felt, and I didn't even finish Hollow Knight because it got too hard. Like this is the dilemma for me, right? I couldn't get through some of Hollow Knight's platforming challenges. A hundred percent couldn't do it. But that world felt so realized and so so. It, you know capital L lore person over here, it felt like there was something behind everything. And there's like lowercase L lore here. There's like, here are the cool animals and they have their history and whatever, but it doesn't it doesn't come close to me for feeling like I'm exploring a real space that had a history and had like a people and blah, 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 that Hollow Knight managed to do for me. Um, and on top of that, I think part of it is, I don't love how this game looks. I think that first game really leaned first Ori. I'm not talking about Hollow Knight here. Ori felt like a 2D, like you said painterly before. I think the first Ori in moments, I'm like, wow, that looks like an anime. That was like like a Studio Ghibli movie, or looks like a literal painting. Things in this feel very rounded and 3D to me in a way that I didn't expect. Um, and there's so much bloom or so much glow to everything that it, it's been distracting for, for me. Because I think the best moments are when they're much more subtle and they like dial the glow down and things are kind of like um, desaturated. I love those moments. I think it looks really good. Um, but I but there is so much in this game that is so bright and boisterous. But the play doesn't feel that way to me, except for except for the moments. And I, this is now I'm sounding like when I talked about another game people love that I didn't love, which was Red Faction Guerrilla. My favorite moments in this game are the races where I have to be really good because there are stakes. I have to learn how to do the, and the combat challenges aren't bad at this either. I like the combat challenges and I like the, and I like the races because they're asking me to, to really understand the mechanisms that, and the tools that they've given me. Um, I love dashing around when there's a time limit, but when I'm just like, doing it to get from place to place i'm like yeah okay like i'm i'm doing the same path that i did last time i'm not trying to like figure out any any you know way to speed things up or be a little smoother or be a little safer or whatever because the stakes are so low for me moment to moment um and that's a bummer because i do think that the bones to this thing are really really good this is one of those games where like i wish there were difficulty modes i wish there was a thing i could check okay well maybe i'll just turn it up to hard and see if that helps I've already put on all of the pins that make the combat harder for me, and it's oh, the, still yeah. There's um yeah. I mean, should, yeah, like like the the Hollow Knight part of this cannot be dude uh, like overstated. Uh, like it has the entire uh, pin gallery from Hollow Knight in which you are. So there are like three tiers of abilities. There are uh, well, I guess there's two, right? So there's like there's the uh, the non is probably right, right? So there's uh. There's uh, these like core abilities like double you know jump double jump dash uh, like uh, grapple onto enemies grapple onto specific objects in the environment it's a lot of it's for the most part mobility based things yes then there are uh, another set of uh, abilities that are like uh, you can explode into fire and that causes uh, area of effect and like right. uh, um, you know a time damage to, to enemies you can do like a giant there's both a, a regular bone arrow and then like this huge one that you have to pull back and it takes like a full second or two but it does just unbelievable damage Tons you can do damage, an upgrade yeah. that does a, an explosion that's tied to it um, and then the the third uh, tier are the they call in Hollow they're called badges right um, yeah, I think they're called pins but pins? I don't remember maybe um, maybe they, but like yeah. basically you have you have this you know you can equip a certain amount at, at this you know uh, at the same time but you have a giant pool of them that you're pulling from and they will do things like oh your your arrow shot um splinters into three um or uh when you take 
uh, you're going to take an extra 15% damage, but you're going to put out an extra 25% damage. And you can upgrade those so you can stack them and figure out um, like what you want to emphasize. Um, You know, I I don't think it goes quite – like I think you can mostly ignore it and it's not going to fundamentally change – like your There's play some experience. cool stuff in where, there that, that but I what I mean, up, like there were times yeah. in Hollow Knight where it's like, oh, I'm not going yeah. to finish this fight unless I sit and think about what are my weaknesses, what are that enemy's weaknesses. Um, is it j- just as simple as look? I need to stack health. Like I can do most of this fight, and if I could just survive an extra ten seconds, I'll be able to get through it. Which would happen in Ori sometimes, like, yeah. or in a, in Hollow Knight. It's like Knight. I just yeah. need more health. Like I don't want to. I could sit here and get better at it, but I think if I just had ten more seconds, I could do it, <laughs> and I'll get through this fight. Um, there were things Ori in Hollow Knight it- that felt like um, Binding of Isaac upgrades. Do you know what I mean? Where it was like, oh, I'm just putting out weird. Like grubs yeah. that fight alongside with me now, like truly weird. You could do fundamental build changes, yes. which Ori, yeah. um, it's more like, do you just really like doing the arrows here? Or do you like different? I'm like, there are things that yeah. like change, but it's it's way closer to the margins than it is like core competencies of Ori. Because because again, like I think at its heart, it is a game that is meant to be about like pleasant exploration, and then the player choosing where do you want to turn the dial. Like, do you yeah. want like if you really want to be held to account on your platforming, well, then here are these race challenges. If you want to be held to account on your combat stuff, well, then here are these combat challenges. But those are all optional, ignorable, as opposed to being part of, like, the core ethos of its design. Um, And I could see why in a post, like, sort of, like, Hollow Knight world, like, ah, this feels uh, like it doesn't land as hard. Yeah. It makes me want to go back and finish Hollow Knight, even though I I know I'm going to go back and hit a bit where I'm like, I'm going to be the other side of this again, where I'm like, I fucking know everyone loves Hollow Knight. I can't do it. Like, I I beat it, got the bad ending, (laughs) and then didn't have the, I had to move on to other stuff and didn't get a chance to do the expansion. I'm very excited for the sequel. My hope is that the sequel dials in between these two games for me. The Hollow Knight sequel is take some lessons from Hollow Knight being too hard and like dials that down a little bit, but still keeps the degree of specificity. And I, again, when I'm talking about difficulty, it's not even difficulty. That's my problem with Ori because there's a version of difficulty. There is a version of Ori that I think is just more difficult. And I don't like that one very much either because some of my other issues, but it is, it is the thing of like Hollow Knight makes every swing of the sword matter. And in, in, uh, Ori, I'm just wailing on that button, and I don't feel like I need to be precise in that way. Um, and that is my real recommendation. Is I think this game is on Game Pass, right? Or am I wrong yes. about that? Yeah. No. If you every were like Microsoft me, game is and like, game man, Pass. I love parts of Hollow Knight, but it was just too fucking hard for me. I do recommend you try this because this might be the thing for you. I do think the movement feels really good. I just, I just, yeah, I have, I have very Austin Walker fucking issues <laughs> with it um, that are not. Uh, uh, that I know can be, I, I know that it makes me sound like a fucking spoil sport or a downer or whatever. And I, I, but I have to speak, I have to speak my truth into the world, even when it's frustrating, you know? Um, I, I will say this, the story falls pretty flat for me in, in a lot yeah. of ways. Uh, it's specifically because it feels like it's just a direct retread of this. It's the same themes and of the first game. Like, ah, like grief, nature, and nature, nature's nature. messed up yeah. and we got to fix it. And it's not even necessarily like a, like a you know uh pure uh like cl- it's not like a climate change message even necessarily it's not like ah like outsiders came oh, in no. and messed up our beautiful um paradise it's just like nah like i don't know vague evil thing corruption infected, corruption messed up the world and it's fine like it it uh i think my my issue with it is that it presents as something 
it clearly wants to be something more. And the leap between uh, uh, Or in the Blind Forest and Or in the Will of the Wisps is like there is there is so much more of an attempt at a narrative in uh, Will of the Wisps, like where you have conversations. There are NPCs. There are 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 NPCs to talk to. There's a town that you rebuild. (laughs) Yeah, and like none of that stuff was in Or in the Blind Forest. Was hey, you do this area. Then you, if you're, if you don't want 100 percent this area, go to the next area and come back when maybe you got some abilities. But you're, you're just, it was a very linear path. The like, I think in or in the blind forest, people uh, over remember have over internalized the opening cutscene of that game, right? Which is like really like actually affecting and sad and brutal, and then painted that over the entire game when that's just not true. Like I, I beat that game like <laughs> just a month ago, and like it mostly is just harping on that same bit for mm-hmm. you know 10 hours and this game is trying to do a similar thing like to set up the premise of the game as we and we'll pivot on to something else is that um you know that oh you know you you've fixed things here like you know in the first game now there's like a larger corruption somewhere else even like the premise of the game is like sort of fuzzy to me like i don't really understand like how a connects to b but basically yeah. ori has a friend he and like there was this big uh, a bird creature that was a, a central villain of the first game and they have had a child and like you are f- I guess friends with that child but they don't spend much time building out that friendship and then that, f- that friend tries to fly away and gets into peril and you need to save them and like that's supposed to be like the core uh, emotional like arc of the game and it just doesn't yeah, it doesn't do anything uh, for me. Um, I like the creature but, design. There's a there's a yeah. you know kind of a few hours in you kind of meet a big threat and that threat has a dope design. Um, uh, but but yeah, but the, the story stuff has not been hitting for me. I yeah, uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm curious if if Kato or Rob, either one of you gets around to it. I'm curious what what, what y'all end up thinking about Rob, it. Rob, do you even play Metroid style games? That's not your thing, right? Not really. No. Yeah. yeah, no, no, no. yeah. Well, Kato then. <laughs> Yeah, I'll definitely check um, it out. On if you liked the first one, next. like even like if you liked the first one, like this is, you know, uh, it's the it's it's that game firing on all on all cylinders. I yeah, I'm 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 really really enjoying it. Yeah, um, I want to briefly shout out the new shout outs to Strong. Ah, mm, the Call of Duty Battle Royale hit this week. The new one there. There was one last time that I've already forgotten the name of. For, for Black Ops 4, uh, but the new one for Modern Warfare just hit Warzone, and it well, it's is... It's a totally different vibe than the last time they did this, right? It's it's sort of different. Black something? Well, it's on its own, Black right? Site it's, was, a, it's a free-to-play you, game. You can download it by itself, yeah. You just download the Modern Warfare client, though. <laughs> like, yeah. it's just the Modern Warfare... They just added it to the Modern Warfare screen. But if you go over to hit the Modern Warfare button, it's like, oh, you have to buy this, dog. You don't own this game. <laughs> um... It is a 150-person battle royale, or I guess there's two modes in Warzone. One of them is a 150-person battle royale uh, with, you know, a zone closing in uh, as normal, and it is distinct in a couple of ways. Um, the I guess maybe the biggest one is in terms of just um, inventory management. There isn't really much of that. Like, you can drop ammo and gear, or like, not even gear, but you can drop like ammo and armor plates for other people um but you're not managing like uh, optics you're not like picking up different scopes you're not picking up different types of backpacks or anything like that you're just straight up picking up guns uh and the guns might have different scopes on them but that's the big thing 
the other big thing is money. This is a game that has money and buy stations spread across the map where you get money from either killing people and taking their money or uh, completing missions that show up on the map. You'll go to a you'll find like a pickup and the pickup will be like, all right, there's a bounty out on this guy. Go find him. Kill him. Or, oh, hey, there's a and that's like another player or, oh, hey, there's three crates we need you to go look at. Go look at those crates or go capture this point on the Battle Royale map. And if you do it, you get paid and you take that money and go to a to a station where you spend that money on uh, more armor plating, uh, which is kind of a neat healing system in this game. You have you have Call of Duty healing in this game. Your health just comes back. The permanent thing is these three armor plates that you can equip in your like front jacket, like your front vest. You like zip and then slide in three armor <laughs> plates um, and those get damaged. You have to replace those and those are kind of your permanent health. Um, uh, or you can buy kill streaks from Call of Duty. You can you can buy UAVs. You can buy regular Call of Duty loadouts, which is what I think the people who play a lot of Call of Duty who are streaming this game are doing. Where you just mm. buy up like a remember the drop the uh, crates from PUBG that would drop. Yeah. You can buy those. You can throw a smoke, call in one of those, and when it lands inside is your regular Call of Duty multiplayer loadouts, including oh, your perks. Wow. And guns and oh, shit. That's that's pretty cool. <laughs> it's very cool. It's just also fucked for me who hasn't played any modern warfare. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that doesn't do shit. I mean, you're still getting all right weapons and you're getting perks and stuff, which is cool. And it is it is a neat thing. Um, the the other the most like gimmicky cool new thing is what happens when you die in this game. When you die, you go to the quote unquote gulag. Uh, where uh. you 1v1 someone for the right to re-enter the game. They put you into a 1v1 <laughs> gunfight mode um, <laughs> while the other prisoners in the gulag look down into the fight and can throw rocks at you as you're fighting. Oh, um, yes. And what? if you win, this is incredible. it's the wow. best part of this game. It's so, well, because like that mode gunfight was, I, I think I said this back on the podcast when I first played this game was allowed to finally talk about the multiplayer gunfight is in the main game. I think a 2v2 uh, mode only uh, that is incredible. I think it's like the best. It's the most fun I've had in Call of Duty ever. Um, eh, that first Modern Warfare I played a lot of, and that first Black Ops I played a lot of. Uh, but uh, uh, gunfight is really good. And this 1v1 mode is just like, it's so tense and so good of like, all right, we both have the same gun. We both have the same like grenade, the same tactical grenade thing. All right, who wins? Like, let's see what happens. Uh, it's like very sudden death vibes. Um, and and if you win, you redeploy. You just like skydive in above your team again. And if you die again, they can still redeploy you by getting enough money and going to one of these supply, like these buy stations and uh, paying to get their teammate, your teammates back. Um, and so that stuff is all really cool. I think it's kind of weird because Call of Duty is so fast in terms of combat damage right. and stuff. I'm having a it's hard not time. Quite, it's not quite. It's been a long time since I played yeah. Call of Duty multiplayer, but it's like probably like you know what, like somewhere between like if, if Battlefield is like a lot slower yeah. and Counter Strike is like or PUBG is like turn around a corner and like boop, dude, Call it's like somewhere in the middle. A little Co bit. Probably closer you know to Counter Strike, right? It's faster. It, it is. It is. It is. I think that's probably right. I, I'm thinking about the best games I've had, and I've had some really. I was playing with friends of the site, Will Smith and Matt Pasquale last night, and we had this incredible sequence where we were in next to a stadium. There's a big stadium in the middle that were towards the middle of the map. Um, that has, you can't enter, but you can walk down into the entry ways that have like the concrete barriers. It's not like you're going into an, a stadium. There's like big concrete barriers left and right that lead into a big open like lobby or whatever, like a, a big open area. 
We like kind of ducked in one of those with the door into the stadium itself closed. And to our left, where we they couldn't see us because we were behind these kind of concrete barriers. And to our right, who also couldn't quite see us, were two other groups. And they were fighting each other and trying to fight us. And we were trying to like just hold out and hope that they killed each other enough that we could kind of move out and push out and escape. Uh, and that was a great long firefight. So you do get those here. And I had another one a couple of days ago playing with uh, Natalie, formerly of Waypoint, and and Colin, formerly of Vice. Uh, <laughs> hmm. And, and noisy and thump. Uh, and uh, uh, we had a great like rooftop shootout with some people. And those those sequences do go long. Um, but there's a lot of turn the corner, shoot someone, they die. There's a lot of open the door, there's someone there, shoot them, they die, you die, whatever happens, happens. Um, and it's actually made it really hard to know if I'm having a good game or not. That's the other thing is 150 people is so many fucking people that what's it mean to get six kills? I don't know. Is that good? Is that bad? I, I don't know. What ha- What is your 17th place in, in 50 teams of three? Is that good? I guess it's the top half. But is it good? Doesn't sound good. It doesn't sound. It doesn't feel good in my blood. <laughs> Ninth felt okay. Seventeenth didn't feel good. You know, um, and so there is a there is a, a weirdness there. There's also another mode called plunder. I think that's all about doing missions and take getting money and then getting to like an evac point where you can chopper lift the money away. And that is not a battle royale. That has respawns, but it's in the battle royale map. Um, and that's neat in the sense that it's good, it lets you fuck around with the guns a little bit more and get a feel for the game, but it doesn't, it turns out without a circle pushing people together, it's really easy to fall into bad habits on a map that big where all you're doing is going room to room to loot shit. Cause there's a billion rooms. There's a, this is the biggest map that I've played in a battle Royale and that they're going to like chop that out and put that in the back of the fucking box as if that was a compliment. And I don't mean it that way. The <laughs> biggest map I've ever played in a battle Royale is not the vibe. It's, it's a big fucking map because they wanted it to be that thing, but it, that doesn't necessarily mean that in the non battle Royale mode, it works. Um, the, the contracts and missions you can pick up do help to push people together in that mode, but it doesn't have that natural like velocity towards the center, big final conflict in the same way. Um, and the other thing here really is after the first night of playing this, I went back to playing Apex and I still fucking love Apex. Apex is, has really cemented itself for me as like my favorite shooter right now. Um, and I'll keep playing this as my friends are playing it right now, but, uh. Didn't Apex just like experiment with a thing where it's dude, like. Dude, it's so cool. Uh, they're, they're, they were locking. Like, yeah. The, so the there's a, spawn. there's a, there's a, Apex has been like rotating through secondary modes for the last year, basically. Uh, of it being out, they've released like bonus modes on and off with with each patch. The current thing in Apex is a thing called Deja Loot, um, and okay. <laughs> Deja Loot uh, basically what it does is it sets the every so the uh, there've been two versions of it, one on the old map, one on the new map, um, and in the in both modes the loot stays the same every day. So like all of the loot is in this, if you open a crate and get a sniper rifle and you start a new game there, that sniper rifle is still going to be there. So over the course of playing like six times, you start to get a feel for like, okay, well then we can go over there and get that those, those the good armor that's over there. Um, and I want to say once a day also, the it is the circle and the dropship changes, still changes maybe. Um, so that it still means that like there is a degree of randomness, but the map is locked. Do you know what I mean? So it's like 
the stuff might be the same, but it's still a battle royale, which means you're, you're the way you play through that map is going to be different every time you play because you, your best start might just not be uh, accessible in the same way. Um, and that has been really cool. I, it makes me feel like a lot like a mode that will go into play for tournaments because motherfucking pro players love predictability. They love to be able right. to be like, hey, this is reliable. And I would love to see like a, a team need to learn how to play a certain map over the course of uh, an Apex tournament, basically. Um, so that's been that's been fun. Um other than that, I've mostly been playing Ori. Um, uh, other people have other things. Rob, I know you, you've gotten back into a, a different game recently, too, that you liked already. Uh, you've been playing that. Well, okay, wait. There's two. I was, hmm. I'm looking at both of these games, and I'm like, well, which one is less depressing to talk about? And <laughs> both of them, neither of these are, you, I'm going to start with the newer. Rob, Rob is on his shit right now. Rob, talk to me about this new Frostpunk DLC. All right. Pitch me the uh, expansion to Frostpunk. So the latest DLC for Frostpunk came out about a month or so ago uh, was The Last Autumn. And as you might figure, it's before the actual events of Frostpunk really begin, right? Uh, it's before everything is frozen and everyone's just trying to survive around those giant uh, like heat generators. Instead, this is about one of the crews sent out to build one of the generators. Oh, and uh, I was expecting both more and less, uh, to, to be honest. I was basically I was expecting it's going to be Frostpunk, but with like a different environmental skin put on it. You know, like oh, it'll be the tree, the, the leaves are turning on the trees, and it's going to be green. And it is that, but the big change is also that you are building a work camp designed to build one big fucking thing. You are not building a city. And so all of Frostpunk is about sort of scaffolding up your economy so that you can bank the resources needed to ride out uh, the, the big storm when it finally hits. That's not the name of the game in The Last Autumn. The Last Autumn is a project management game about hitting milestones. Uh, this generator needs to be done by such and such a date because that's when the scientists tell you the shit's going to hit the fan. Uh-huh. And if it is not, you will be pulled off the project, right? If you keep missing milestones, they will basically fire you. Uh, but the way that changes what Frostpunk is, is that you're not really worried so much about you know heat. The big issue is just making sure that you have the personnel and production pipeline to continue produce to continue like building out this generator. And where that gets interesting, like here's just what are the obstacles to that? Because yeah, because in in Frostpunk, the obstacle is the cold requires you to produce heat, which requires you to get certain fuel, and that requires you to put labor into the world, and labor gets hurt. And when labor gets hurt, it can't work to help you. And so everyone is just, like, working for you all the time, but the there's a natural decay or, like, uh, erosion of what your resources are because of the, the frost happening. Right. Uh, the big obstacle is that you're not building a city that's designed for permanent settlement, and so you're not going to be able to support a large workforce. You oh. need enough workers to get the job done and not more. 
So wait, are you not building a company town? Like, where do the worker do the workers go home at night? Like, what's the? No, they 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 live in level one tier one housing. They live in the tents. <sighs> okay, uh, you remember from Frostpunk. But what you're not going to be able to do is build the entire food production and Ooh. services infrastructure around the workforce. And so the workers are there to build this generator. You can dedicate some to like producing food. Like you can build uh, fishing docks at the because one of the things you have is you're still in touch with uh, you know the empire, right? You still have supply ships going home to England to get. Things like steel, because it's hard for you to produce steel. So, um, you know, supply ships will go out and bring that in. But you only have like four dock ports. And you can spend it on cargo ships or you can spend them on uh, fishing docks. But if you have ten workers devoted to fishing, that's ten workers who are not going to be in the generator. You can... Order more workers. You can say like, "I need more crews uh, from uh, from England. S- send me more. Send me more dudes." But that that happens on a delay because again, you're tied to this uh, shipping logistic logistical supply chain, and so you have to anticipate what your needs are going to be. And the real nightmare is if you botch this and you have bottlenecks, you might have a bunch of fully staffed buildings, but they're not doing anything because they don't have the resources to do anything. And so what you effectively got is, you know, out of the 100, 120 workers you've got in your town, you might have 60 that are idle because you fucked up so badly. Right. And that's 60 people you still have to feed. Uh, you can send crews out into the wilderness because there's that overworld map in Frostpunk and they can create, like, you can find a, fi- a stream that has good fishing. And they can build a permanent camp and start sending you like regular deliveries of fish or like regular del- deliveries of like reindeer meat uh, from from the hunting camp. But again, is that a net like how much of a benefit is that? Because you sent ten workers out to go do this. Right. Um, so to a degree, like sustaining this sustaining this town. If you get if you go too far down the rabbit hole of I'm going to build out my economy and then scaffold it up. You're going to end up with a town that can sustain itself, but not actually produce the generator. And that is kind of because building the generator is this entire multi-step process of you have to build manufacturing and fabrication facilities for, boy, really apt to this fucking uh, conversation we had at the start of the show. Yes, uh-huh. This is why I was saying. (laughs) So what you have at the center of your camp is a giant pit. That's where the generator is going to go. Before you can even begin to build the generator, it's not like you just throw resources at the generator. You first have to build a factory that will produce uh, structural frame, like framing for the generator. And that's going to require a lot of workers and a lot of steel. And the steel is coming in from, again, the ships. You need to produce a lot of these things, uh, especially because... Workplace safety is a major part of uh, the last autumn, and huh. there are accidents routinely if you just run it by default. What you can do is you can build more framing elements and more structural elements to make the site safer. Like think you're adding more scaffolding, right? Uh, right? Uh, you can also institute safety protocols and have work sites work slower in exchange for. Uh, in, in exchange for reducing the risk of injury. Because once somebody's injured and they're in a, in a medical tent, 
now now that's a loss, right? And you you know hopefully that it can be turned around uh, and they can come back. But if you're having a lot of injuries, the math on your workforce begins to again take a nosedive. Uh, and so at each level of generator, this problem gets harder because once you have the frame up, then you got to build you know more advanced sites uh, to produce the next stage of the generator. And making all of that work is really tough. And it really drives home how Frostpunk looked like it was a really difficult game, but was actually really forgiving. Yeah, I remember really you saying easy. that at the time, right? Like it was easy to build the systems that allowed you to just succeed that worked. They just worked. Like yeah. if you if you put the, the right gears together, so to speak, the machine ran. Yeah. If you screwed up and you're like, I don't have enough coal. If you unless you unless you're really uh, in over your head, like if you didn't have enough coal, you could build the highest tier coal mine and crash mine some gold, uh, not gold, uh, coal, and get yourself out of that jam. You could produce it in such a quantity that you would handle the problem before it got so bad. That's not an option here. There's only going to be so much coal, only going to be so much steel coming off those ships. Uh, and so making all of this work becomes way, way harder because basically everything is at a pretty far remove and delay from what you're used to playing Frostpunk. And so it's actually a way more interesting game than I initially gave it credit for being. But on the other hand, it's not as satisfying as Frostpunk is because it's fun to build the fun, the big scaffold and, and see your town grow up here. You really are just a construction foreman in a lot of ways. And yeah, it's a permanent like construction settlement, but you're not going to be developing a cool city the way you're in Frostpunk. You right. just need to build the generator. Right. Does that take away from it for you a little bit in terms of the, the, just the fundamental joy of a city builder? <laughs> Yeah, I think so. I, I think so. It's tough because Frostpunk, uh, going back to it, it also made me realize how tough Frostpunk was to read in some ways. Ooh. Like, they're kind of ugly cities. Their buildings aren't too visually distinct. Uh, so I think it does take away from some of the joy. But on the other hand, the longer I spent, like, staring at Frostpunk, the more I realized it's a cool, you know, grim little concept. But the spectacle of it wasn't wasn't too much. Uh, so, so I think it does, it detracts from it a little bit, but I think it makes up for it in terms of giving you a different problem to solve using right. predominantly the same mechanics. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that this is the direction that they went though with the expansion. Like, I, I think this is, it's really cool for them to try a different scenario in a way that's not just here's another different scenario of survive the ice um i'm really curious if they do have they announced a sequel or what they're working on after this no very I, curious yeah i don't know cool well um, my assumption would be we'll get a sequel i think this game did pretty well for them yeah well so did they also did this war of mind right so i'm curious mm -hmm. if they just do another if they're have something else on the on the back burner that's like another big fresh project survivalism is hot right now baby <sighs> It is. I'm curious to see if that. They're also very good at porting, like all, like really stretching. Like this war, oh, uh, right. mine was like ported and expanded on for a long yeah. time. So yeah. I'm not. I won't be surprised if they they stretch out. Frostpunk like, is over two years. Is it is it on consoles yet? I think it, it is. Yes. I feel like it's. On, I feel like it's on in Game Pass the other day, but I have no idea. That sounds right. Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, October 11th, it came to PS4 and Xbox One. 
Gotcha. So that switch that switch port will hit in a year. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, give, yeah. Give it. Give yeah, it time. Totally. It's totally. Um, really quick, Rob. I know you want to shout out another game that is also. Oh yeah. I'm back to playing Vampire. Don't worry about it. It's okay. great. Uh-huh. Still That's... good. It's still Wait, good. Did you beat it the first time? Or you, you pick pretty up your save? far? But okay, no, did you I... start a new game. Oh, oh, Austin. Oh. Okay. I got far this? enough into the game where I didn't remember what was going on. Okay. So I started over, and then it started to come back to me. But I was like, okay, I'm going to play this game. It's going to be fine. And then I made some decisions that I did not like the outcome to in my restarted game. And I was like, well, that seems like bullshit. Did you start and over again? I, no. Oh. I went back to my old save. Oh my I was like, I think, I bridged, I think I bridged the gap pretty well here. And I can walk that back because I don't remember fucking that up that badly last time. And so, from, like, Vampire, all about, like, living with your consequences. That's what that game is all about. No. Um, you're but, a vampire. You have some sort of weird sage-like vision that you saw the yeah. alternate path and you jump, you're jumping between timelines. You know, special vampire it's, power. It's beautiful. And, also, uh, I'm not saying that I am some sort of new type or horror specs or sage, but I do want to remind people I woke up on Monday and I said... This is going to be a week. I can feel it in my bones. I can feel it. I can feel it through my body. Yeah, but the- you can't be you can't be like on Monday as the outbreak is starting to rage on. I said it before like, they I think to go this home. is going to be a ru- That's what, that, yes, Vice, Vice isn't the world. Like the, we Vice is the world you, to me, Rob. You can't Vice like, is the world saying, like, to me. I told you guys. I told you this was going to be I this going to be a wild week. <laughs> It's like, oh, what was your what was your clue? My anxiety levels. That's what my clue was. <laughs> waking up and being like, Whoa. waking up ninety minutes early because of stress vibrations. That's why. Anyway, uh, I'm glad Vampire is still good. Uh, I hope I hope it, it serves you well in this in this dark time. Kata, what are you what are you turning to as we lock ourselves away in self quarantine? Oh, Destiny has a new season. And so I'm again? playing it again. <laughs> Wait, is this okay? Last season, Saint something. Saint fourteen. Yes. Okay, so this is Saint fifteen then. No, God. Saint fourteen, no. fifteen. Uh, uh-huh. We are we are returning to a different set of DLC characters that uh, kind of got pushed aside. Anna Bray and the Warminder back into the into That's the whole from picture. The from, war. They were big in the Warmind expansion. Yes, yes. They were like okay. uh, she was the main NPC and. Uh, that whole expansion was around the war mine on Mars. Um, but this time around, basically, uh, the Cabal have uh, pulled a pulled a, a Zeon and are going to drop a giant thing onto okay. Earth, onto the last city. Good. <laughs> what are they dropping? An asteroid? A space the, station? The a Almighty, ship? a space station, basically. So okay. this is this is that ship that was siphoning uh, energy off of the sun in the original yeah, Destiny yeah, 2 yeah. campaign, uh, which yeah, we like disabled the, the weapon game on. Fights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you disable the weapon on, but it's 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 sitting out there, like, floating. It's still up there. Uh, we should have taken out the engines and made the sun eat it. That's right. what we should have done. Or some, well, actually, part of it... Well, can part- the sun eat something? Can eat the sun? Mm, this is a question mm. no one knows the answer to. <laughs> you need to use your vampire powers to go to a different timeline to find out what would happen <laughs> if if we did. Um, But... uh. Essentially, yeah, they've they've pointed it at the Earth, and um, now we have to ask the Warmind Rasputin to use its big guns 
to help to shoot it to shoot it out of the sky in a way that doesn't also because there's also like a whole there's like a bit where like there's a reactor and if you don't hit it right it could explode in a way that takes out most of the solar system it's got to be precision yeah. lad, i yada, feel yada. like this loses something by not being told in <laughs> in destiny lore right term. right yeah when you just <laughs> lay it out like you gotta this. ask the war mine like can it shoot it with its big gun with its big, like, big guns, guns. You're actually, you're helping. Uh, you're help. You're helping turn on a bunch of old, like Rasputin, uh, bunkers and computers and shit that have been turned off for a while. Is what you're. Is that like, like a favor? Activate the Bartok protocol. <laughs> Are you doing a favor, or is it like I'll shoot it out, but only if you go reboot my programs? It's a little bit of both because it okay. also kind of is. It's also like, well, I kind of need these to make double sure that I don't fuck up this shot. Uh, so I you're see. basically re- starting up a bunch of bunkers that are like satellite uh, uh, construction uh, sites, um, which is part of the new like world uh, public event activity that they added into uh, this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it works similarly to how uh, Escalation Protocol did, where it, there's like a there's like a tower out in in the world that you like interact with to start it. You can just start it whenever you want. Um, but it's um, really tough enemies, uh, which is which is a fun change because it's been a while since anything has been scary in Destiny, uh, since at least the the launch of Sh- Shadow Keep, so since September. But um, uh, it's a it's a neat new like you like defend a tower and you have to keep enemies out of a certain area in order for that tower to spit out uh, these energy balls that you then dunk into a different thing that's moving across the sky. It's it's a, it's a really fun uh, little uh, event, but um, apart from that, there's also like a bunch of uh, super high-level uh, Lost Sectors, which this is the first time they've done any anything with Lost Sectors. Yeah, I have not which, heard. I haven't heard that name in a long time. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, cigarette. Yeah. They basically they've re uh, re um, uh, they've re released some of them as like legendary, which means they've added all the enemies are like top level, and also they've added champions to them, which were a thing that they introduced in in uh shadow keep which are a- enemies with very specific uh counters that you have to like slot mods in to to deal with so they're tough uh it's cool that they're doing something with those spaces cuz a lot of those environments are actually really really cool um and it apart from that though it feels like you know the 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 neater parts of this so far have been the small like mission-like stories where you're starting this uh adventure and you're actually seeing you know uh zavala is out with you fighting alongside you uh some of the uh, fallen that have taken over one of the old bunkers cool. it's like it's neat to see those characters kind of exist the world. outside of being yeah. the npc that you just like talk to and is a screen to buy stuff off of um yeah and they're doing that more this time than they they like they're 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 slowly they've slowly been upticking the amount of times that you see NPCs actually existing as other people, which is fun. Um, yeah, that's good. Um, but yeah, uh, as far as uh, the beginning of it goes, it's uh, been really fun. Uh, the question is, how long before repeating this event and doing the other like the legendary stuff feels repetitive? You know. 
Um, yeah. That's always kind of the thing with this is like, how long will I be playing before I'm like, ah, I did it enough times in, and I'll just stop, which is, this is, there's an interesting thing. Cause, uh, and we, there was a piece that went up today, uh, yesterday, if you're, once you're listening to this, um, from, uh, Doc Buford for us that, uh, was talking Burford. about Burford. Burford, yeah. Burford, okay. Look, the cur- the kerning on many sites uh, has, <laughs> has caused, caused some yeah. confusion about that. Uh, but yeah, it's Burford. Burford, sorry. Um, um, where, that piece um, basically, what's the, yeah, what's, what's... yeah he, he makes an argument for the, the, the loot game in Destiny being uh, not good, basically. Uh, mm. It being uh, kind of... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, a lot of negative a, reinforcement. I yes, think, that's is the, the word I was yeah. looking for. It's a negative reinforcement loop instead of a positive one. Um, it's and like I don't disagree with that, but it's also a very different way from what the way that I engage with Destiny in. Like I've never mm-hmm. hunted for loot in that same way. I'm more interested in Destiny's a FPS that feels good. I'll I'll do a an exotic loot exotic quest and like get that exotic the first time but i'm not gonna hunt for rolls on like exotic armor for example it's just like once i have the item once i'm good uh and so what is more interesting for me is that there be new experiences obviously some other people different people want this to be their kind of forever regular game like i'm okay with hitting a wall dipping like, in and out yeah yeah there's nothing yeah. else to do that's fine there are other games that i have to catch up with anyways um but i for a while there when i started back in destiny one i understood this kind of mindset a lot more given that it was one of the only games i got in that year that it came out and it's just like this needs to fill as much space as possible because right, i'm not right. getting another game for a while so like I definitely get what this is coming from. If if currently, uh, I, I'm not not as bothered by some of the loot changes, but it's a, yeah. it's a good piece uh, worth worth reading for sure. Cool, yeah. People should go check that out. Um, all right. I think that does it for me. Does anyone have any other last shout outs they want to make before we wrap this up? Oh, what's that? Um, oh, do you want the Peggle, the Peggle <laughs> the game? The Peggle game. I wanna... Did you put any time mm-hmm. into that? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I gotta. I can't. I can't we gotta wait. We gotta. We I gotta, gotta find. We gotta set it up. We gotta set it up. Uh, it is called. Uh, where the fuck Kaku did we just put wrote that? about it? Uh, the word like guard is in it or something, right? Ro- yeah, rogue guard or something oh, like that. I'm bad. scrolling. This is bad. This Mike Fahey, where's where's your it. piece? It's called, it's called round guard. Round guard. Round guard. Uh huh. Do you want to uh, set up round guard? Yeah. Yeah. Ra- round guard is a. Uh, if you took, um, you know, the mechanics of, of, of Peggle, you know, of, of like dropping a, a ball. Peggle into, is know, basically get, like a p- pachinko. pachinko, right? Yeah. It's basically yeah, just so pe- pachinko. But yeah, like it's pachinko with like abilities and sometimes you can aim it, right? And so like this takes that core concept and builds like on top of that sort of uh, – uh, whereas like a Peggle, I only played the first one and I played the second one. But I played like the first one a lot mm-hmm. on like iPad. Where it's, like, you're just going from like one structured level to the next. And in uh, what is this called again? <laughs> I've already round, forgotten in my head. Round guard. Round guard. Um, it's it's a you know a rogue light um, in which like you you have a you have a map. 
so there are sort of like discrete stages. I haven't, I've only done one run. Yeah. Um, I've, I haven't done it a second time. So I don't know if those stages uh, are randomized or how they change on the next loop, but you pick uh, a character class um, who like start with like different uh, levels of health or magic um, and also have a specific ability Abilities, assigned yeah, to them. Yeah. Um, like the one that I just went with like the first one because I, you know, I wasn't sure who I even liked and um, their ability is it seems like more like a warrior class. So like they um, spin you can you can hit a button and you can spin before you get to an enemy and that's one of the big changes is that it's a there are all sorts of different types of objects on the screen so it's like a more complex um, a setup so you have enemies that are both staying in place and that um, are also roaming around um, and by hitting them you can cause damage they can cause damage to you um, and yeah I've, I've played like 45 minutes of it I, I'm not a huge fan of the, the art um, I think it's actually perhaps distractingly uh, like bad um, it's not great uh, it, I don't it, love it it's like very I just don't like the style like yeah. for what it is it's like, it, like I get how you what get it's there. going for yes. I, I, it's it's fine I just don't like it and I find that it's rare that a game's art style like actively sort of like takes away from my enjoyment but I actually do think that might be the case here where like if I could just take this game I wish and it, have it look what if it looked like Dicey different? Dungeons what if it looked like Dicey Dungeons <laughs> even, if, even if it was like pixel versions of like yeah. what it is I just don't like it it has this hand drawn uh, look like that I just game. do it, lo- it looks like a flash game it looks like a yeah I don't want to di- it doesn't matter it's a cool game it's fine people should go look at it <laughs> but I don't want to get hung yeah. up on this particular disc no 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 but because I, I, I do like playing it and like basically my takeaway after like four to five minutes was like damn like why haven't more games yeah. ripped off peggle yeah. like what happened like that that was it, it, you know clearly ea doesn't want to do anything with it which i'm actually sort of surprised hey apple arcade just go tell ea to make another one of those <laughs> I, um, I unsubscribed to apple arcade finally i did it yeah i'm, I'm done I'm very cl- i'm very close i was to like it. and there's um, new shit there and i looked at it i was like oh this stuff looks all right cancel done i'm not gonna play it i know my heart <laughs> But um, but if they put a Peggle that, RPG on there, you might get me. I don't know. That's the one thing, Rob. I have not. I need to add a cancel Apple Arcade to my reminders <laughs> app. I don't have that on there. I've actually paid for that three months longer than than we got to update. We got to update that ar- those articles. It's true. <laughs> um, like, uh, and time time has run out for Apple Arcade. And uh, once you lost Patrick, you lose, you've lost well, yeah, every man. Uh, there goes Patrick. There, so goes Patrick. So goes the world. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it seems cool. It's out on. It's, it, it'll be out on, or is out. I actually. I think. I don't oh, speaking of <laughs> speaking of PopCap and EA stuff, PopCap did Peggle, right? Or am I wrong about that? Yes. Uh, no, you're uh, right. you, see, you see, Plans for Zombies three soft launched last week. Sure. Just, why not? Yeah, just it did. It, it launched in. I want to say that just happened. <laughs> that, that just happened. They just tweeted it out. Uh, I forget <laughs> where they soft launched it, but they soft launched it in a certain certain territories, basically. Uh, so yeah, that's happening, which is which is funny. Um, yeah, it's called Round make more, make Round more Guard. Games. Round Guard. Round that's all. Guard. I don't know that I'm going to spend more time with this one. I just know that I like this style of game, and I wish there was a a different like another one here's and, and what, also, here's what do, i want to hear yeah uh-huh. somebody write in and explain yeah. to us what is this art style like what's what's the term for it because like chibi isn't the right term i'm actually really curious what the vocab what the language is yeah sure. to like figure this out because because i'd like clearly it's the product of like good talented artists mm-hmm. but it is a Absolutely. style and it is a look and i am curious like what do you call this aesthetic? Because there's a lot of things it reminds me of, yeah. but all the like all the language I have is off target and misleading. 
It looks like an animated cartoon. Like if there are a lot of shows that my daughter flicks through on Netflix that I see, like like pulled from this, or I see a this lot is, of uh, like this is like what if ahead. chibis were bitmojis? Oh, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks the thing you said. I Take it back. Yeah, cut it out cut from the podcast, Kato. Don't That's mean. That, don't, don't put that world in the world. Don't put that energy out there. I don't like it. Damn. It does have big bitmoji energy. I right? hate it. I hate that you never right? think about this. Oh, God. Um, Great. Great. You know what else should come out here? Uh, not just more Peggle RPGs. Fucking, they should, they should port or, or localize World Flipper. That Psy Games. Yes. Uh, Give it. Come on. Let's gotcha go. RPG. Let's go. Please. What? You didn't look at World Flipper? Y- y'all didn't see World Flipper? World oh, Flipper? Don't. You don't got to tell me about I World know you, Flipper. I, <laughs> it's the gotcha. I don't, I don't actually yeah. set an alarm for it, but there is just like <laughs> every, I would say, I don't know, two months, like it'll just like come into my head yeah. and be like, oh, right, that game. Uh, it's, Did that get localized? It, Did someone do a, some sort yet. of patch where I can hack my iPhone? Uh, it hasn't start playing yet. It? It's a. It's. I, I hear it's actually not that good, but that's from Gotcha people, not from uh, pinball I don't, yeah, RPG I am, people. I am, I am. Yeah, give me a, give me a mobile pinball game that has uh, return elements. That's what I yeah, want. Uh huh. Return elements. Yeah. Return elements. You're That's what it would say on the like the pitch deck for this game <laughs> yes. if someone presented it. This, we have a high. We, we, we're investing in uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of return elements for our game, World Flipper. Look at this game! It this looks, looks so good. fucking it looks good. So good. I love the art style so much. It's by. Listen, it's by my new face. It's got numbers. It's got explosions. Yeah. It's got great two D. Gra- Come on. <laughs> Let's I games know. Uh, they once once they're done cashing. In this the- time of coronavirus, <laughs> please. I need to now play. is the time for World Flipper. We gotta flip this world on its head. Bring people together. Just not literally, because that's actually really dangerous right now. Please stay <laughs> in your homes. Oh God. Yeah, Psy Games, the Granblue people. This the is the Granblue people. people. Yeah. They're going to take all that Granblue money they're getting right now. Also, right. I have to say, I picked the best possible time to play Granblue Fantasy. Uh-huh. It is the sixth uh-huh. anniversary. This is just the every day. Every day, I'm Three. getting between 10 and 30 draws of yes. pool of new characters, Mwah. new weapons, new Beautiful. summons. It's just boom, boom, boom. They're Raining. giving us scratch tickets. All of this shit is so, it's so, like, manipulative. They have like, no Vega and a fighting game. <laughs> it's gonna fucking, it's gonna fucking I, suck when those things go away. Uh, great. Well, the, the whole reason they do this is so that when uh-huh. April rolls around, they're uh-huh. like, also just put $30 in this game. You can feel like that again for a split second. And I'm not gonna do that. And I even feel Don't. a little bit bad. I even feel a little bit bad promoting gotcha games because I know they prey on people with, with, Gambling addiction and and who who have uh, who have different personalities than me. But Austin's um, different. Well, really, what it comes down to for me, for me specifically, is it is very bright, very f- funny, often thoughtful, sometimes even queer uh, fantasy anime bullshit that uh-huh. is scratching the itch for me right now. A lot of these, the, a lot of like the little the characters. Every character unlocks with like a little short story, basically a little short like visual novel. All that stuff is great. It's been really fun to to build character teams out and put together strong RPG squads. I hope that Psy Games take this takes this money and, and uses it to bring World Flipper and also to finish making their Platinum Games RPG action RPG that's set in the same world, which also has the most fucking Kingdom Hearts name I've ever heard from a oh, non Kingdom yeah. Hearts thing. It's called it's called Grand Blue Fantasy. Relink, 
which is uh-huh. absolutely yeah. the one where Sora is a data Sora. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. Um, but when I looked at, or maybe they're not, are they not? Maybe they're not developing that anymore. Maybe somebody else, Psy Games, is just developing that in house now. I guess. Um, but man, I want that game, and uh, it looked good, and I I want them to do well because I like this this universe that that it, that they've given me. So, all right, no more talking about mobile games and again Grand Blue Fantasies and pinball games and Peggle games. Now it is time to rest. I hope everyone has a good week. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at uh, not good week, good weekend. We'll be back next week. Post debate, which I, which in the time of our recording has been delayed or not delayed, but uh, moved to moved. DC. Yeah, they're not doing it in in uh, Arizona anymore, which is the right call, I would say. Uh, um, uh, as always, you know, did they end up changing I, those rules? I don't know, Patrick or Rob. Did you know? Did you see if the rules ended up being the kind of sit down town hall thing that I think it's being... just now it's just gonna be like a sit down with a interviewer. It kind of just seems like at this point. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, let's see how that goes. As always, one of the one of the one of the folks had to uh, one of the debate moderators had to drop out because they'd had really not didn't test positive. It had exposure. Okay, right, uh, right, right. right. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, uh, you know, I hope that the debate goes well. Everyone, I hope you keep your heads up during all this. Uh, I know I already kind of said the shit up top, but in general, like, we... I would, I've been thinking and reading some Gramsci again. Shout-outs to, to Mayor Pete's dad for being the preeminent <laughs> Gramsci scholar in the world. Gramsci, the Marxist theorist of cultural hegemony. Uh, and, and this thing that Gramsci wrote about is, is kind of my, my... I've been revisiting my notes on that stuff from grad school on this, this notion of, of uh, war of positions and war of maneuvers. Um, you know, before Gramsci, a lot of, a lot of Marxists uh, were really, really focused only on, and this is like debatable to some degree, but, but really focused only on the kind of material conditions and not on ideology or rhetoric or, the, or discourse. Um, but one of the big things that Gramsci uh, kind of identified was the importance of winning these ideological battles that would would open up the possibility for the sort of material action necessary to change the circumstances of the world. Um, uh, and he, he kind of differentiated those two things as war of maneuver and war of position. War of maneuver is when you like, you're maneuvering to make big material real change. You're knocking down the gates. You're taking over the factories. You're doing the things that you need to do to literally have a revolution that, that changes the world in a big real way. But war of position um, the the kind of small discursive wins, what we talk about is shifting the Overton window. We talk about when we talk about earning compromises or, or earning concessions from the center of the party. Uh, what we talk about when we say that like 10 years ago, the sorts of conversations we have right now on a gaming podcast could not be imagined. Gramsci did a lot of work explaining that those he was like a big gamer, you know, while he was locked in fascist <laughs> prison in Italy. He just loved playing his switch. Uh, um, uh, but no, uh, you know, which is which is so, 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 so important is is this dude who was literally in Mussolini's fascist prisons is saying we have to think more than just the, you can't just open the prison gate. You have to convince the guards that the prison doesn't need to exist to begin with, right? That you 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 start with wars of position, and then eventually it doesn't. The war of position ain't it. You gotta you gotta have that war of maneuver too. Um, and and so yeah, as we go into these debates, start thinking about that stuff. 
in in those terms. Think about the wins we can get now, the ways in which we can continue to move the conversation towards justice, towards equality, um, and and be willing to to shift into that mode because otherwise, I think the 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 pain of of the situation can really overwhelm. So that is my my only good words to you on this this Friday uh, uh, before before the debate. Uh, I hope everyone has a good weekend. Twitter.com slash Waypoint. Twitter.com slash Austin underscore Walker. Patrick, where can people find you? At Patrick Klubbick. Rob Zachney. At Rob Zachney on Twitter.com. And Cotto. At A underscore Cotto underscore appears. As always, thank you to Bowen for letting us use the song Miss You off the EP Pale Machine. Uh, find out more about that. You can go to waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. Um, I feel like I can't say go home anymore. I mean, you actually, maybe now now more than ever. Yeah. Fuck no, capitalism. Yeah. Go home. I was going to say stay home, but go home if you can, please. If someone works from home, you still got to go You still got to go home. You still got to go home. You know what? You're right. Don't work in your bed. Don't <laughs> don't work in your relaxation spaces. Try to find a space in your house that you can set up as your workspace and work there because otherwise it'll infect the rest of your life. Have a good weekend everybody. Talk to you soon. Peace. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. All right. That's a podcast. Awesome. That's a podcast. That's a podcast. Man, I could crush a delivery pizza right now. You can get a delivery pizza. Mm, but can I, though? Yes. Support those businesses now while yeah. it's still remarkable. Until, until, liter- until literally you can't. Like yes, until literally, literally can't end it. Don't start going through your fucking stockpile until you need to go through that stockpile. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, that's Katie and I are starting to do a lot of ordering out to try and, and go picking it up ourselves. And you know, I mean, yeah, I guess you still want to report. Well, the, yeah. like you still want to support the gig workers, but also should I just go? I don't. It's complicated. Yeah. I'm trying to trying to spread my money around. I don't, I don't know. know. Look, see, this is this is what you got to get on that dumpling app because then you got then you have your personal shopper that you actually know and like you're tipping well and like so my person. She and I are going to have the groceries. I, I'm already, I'm good on food. Food is set. I'm talking about like day to day, like, like ordering out instead of making food, trying to like just supporting, you know, local businesses. Yeah. And like, I'll make the food later. Right. Uh, I found, by the way, just to, just to be 100% clear, I found the specific pony thing with Hillary Clinton. So we're not, I'm not under any libel case. Uh, there's a long thing in which in which first she analogizes or she says that Jake Sullivan, her top policy advisor this is from her book, uh, says that Bernie reminded her of a scene in, or debating Bernie reminded her uh, him, Jake Sullivan, of a scene. And there's something about uh, something about Mary in which uh, a hitchhiker says he's coming with a brilliant plan instead of the famous eight minute abs exercise routine. He's going to market seven minute minute abs. 
It's the same, just quicker. Then the driver, played by Ben Stiller, says, well, why not six-minute abs? That's what it's like in a policy debate with Bernie. We propose a bold infrastructure investment plan or an ambitious new apprenticeship program for young people, and then Bernie would announce basically the same thing but bigger. On issue after issue, it was like he kept purporting to four-minute abs or even no-minute abs, magic abs. Someone sent me a Facebook post that summed up the dynamic in which we were caught. Bernie, I think America should get a pony. Hillary, how will you pay for the pony? Where will the pony come from? How will you get Congress? to agree to the pony. Bernie, Hillary thinks America doesn't deserve a pony. Bernie supporters, Hillary hates ponies. Hillary, actually, I love ponies. Bernie supporters, she changed her position on ponies. Hashtag witch Hillary. Hashtag witch Hillary. Headline, Hillary refuses to give every American a pony. Debate moderator, Hillary, how do you feel when people say you lie about ponies? That is not, that is. I can see where that would be infuriating, but that's not actually the dynamic. Like, if you perceived it that way, like, if you perceived it that way, there's your problem. Can you imagine if a debate moderator had said, Hillary, how do do you feel when people say you lie about X? No, that was not a, that was never the the frame. I shouldn't say never, I haven't gone back and reviewed all the transcripts, but my memory of those debates was never, Hillary, why are you lying? (laughs) Ever. It might have been, Hillary, how do you feel when people say mean things? Who are mean, mean people say mean things? Um, anyway, are we back, Hada? Are you ready? And I still also have a second one, so yeah. All right. Um, let's, um, you need, to, you need to clap again, right? Yes. Let's just you and me do it. Did you top the minute? Sounds good. Hang on. We should, we should all do it together. All right. Well, it's not because because the latency has been a moving target. Oh, you're that right. You're all right. Of us differently, That's, so we yeah, might sure. as well just do it across the call. All right. Sounds good. Are we all there? No. Yep. No. Hold on. <laughs> right. Twelve. Go ahead. <laughs> Twelve. Twelve. <laughs> the Kata delay. Did y'all just see that? The Kata delay is unbelievable. <laughs> is it really delayed? I clapped before I heard any oh of y'all my clap. You were like three seconds off. At least. Weird. What is up with my I could, I could put a sentence in between when <laughs> when you speak and when we see you speak. What the fuck? Wait, the, just the video? It might yeah, be getting vi- worse. Oh. Maybe this camera just doesn't like... Maybe Discord just doesn't like this camera. Turn but is your it- camera off and then back off. No, don't touch it. You know what? Let's, it's fine. Let's just do a podcast. <laughs> yeah. let's, let's just go. Let's just get through a podcast. We'll do it live. <laughs> Uh, oh, that's right. That's a, a Riley quote. Well, it's, it's not. Fine. That's that's just no. That's just us, a it's, TV it's a quote. Yeah. Uh huh. That's a pre-Riley. <laughs> Riley. I mean, that show is a piece of shit show, but whatever. Uh World Wide Web's birthday. Happy birthday, Internet. Thanks. <laughs> uh. You want to do 10 seconds? Yeah. Kato. I clapped. Did you get it? Yeah, I did. Okay. <laughs> Your video was, was very delayed on my side. I was like, wait, did you forget that yeah, you also his, have to do this his, now? His video is very choppy on my end, too. Weird. Um. Yeah, you're like at 12 frames a second. Like, That's not shit. The picture is great. Interesting. Razor sharp. I have to bring you up. There we go. Okay. Does everything sound okay, at least? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's just Rob's a little quiet for me, but I'm Yeah, I'm Rob, I have you boosted to 200%, me too. and I can oh, I, sort I of hear you. you. I got you. Don't even worry about it. 
Okay. I've, Rob, gonna... that, not, this is not the week to say don't worry about it. This uh -oh. is the week to say uh -oh. <laughs> worry about it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Look at my. That video looks bad on my end, too. Mm hmm. Good. Great. Well, you're like in a. You're like in a. Like an 80s music video. Like, we, if you could just put on some yeah. filter. I should be like a hand drum. louder now. There you go. That's good. I can hear yeah. you. Yeah. Take on me. Like, you know, get a little. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> Perfect. Great. Love it. Um. All right. 